episode 241 for July 2013. Hey, Carl Spacers, welcome to our San Diego wrap-up show where we uh, talk to the folks that went to the San Diego Comic-Con. We've got Mr. Donovan on the line. What's going on, Don? Hello. Yes, we're back from San Diego. Uh, again, we just came back like <laughs> minutes ago. Like, I, I still haven't unpacked. <laughs> and we also have Josh. Welcome, Josh. Have you unpacked? I've started to. I'm turning around, and I've seen my suitcase lying in the middle of my living room floor. Um, I've had to unpack for the necessity of using, you know, stuff like deodorant and toothbrushes. But, <clears throat> I mean, there's still clothes there, though, so. You wear deodorant? I couldn't tell. Oh. Well, yeah, Cicel and me got real close during the con. She could tell. On the on the cramped trolleys, you know, we shared a moment or two. You're, you're giving con fanboys a bad name with bad B.O. Michael Bailey talks about this in depth. But that voice that you heard was Stella. You haven't heard Stella in a while. Welcome, Stella. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> have you unpacked? Of course. Yeah, I unpacked because I have to pack again to go to New York for my big Tough Mudder race this weekend. Oh, yes. Goodness. And we also have Eddie, who you know from, uh, if you tune in on Sundays, the Collector's Strip. Welcome, Eddie. Hello, all. Nice to see you. Greetings. Love the comic strip, by the way. Look forward to it every Sunday. Thank you. I appreciate that, Brad. And, yes, I also unpacked because the hotel that gave us fantastic beer, so I had to get <laughs> Which he you wouldn't let to... us use. That beer was for all of us. You had to throw the clothes on the ground to get to the beer, so yeah. you did unpack. <laughs> <laughs> that, that beer was for the room, and, and, and we're like, hey, let's play this fun drinking game. And then Eddie's, you know, wife, who's exactly as she is in Collectors, like, comes out <laughs> with, with her cartoon, you know, like, eyebrows saying, no, mine. <laughs> She's very protective of beer. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Uh, basically, we're going to go over what you guys saw, what you guys heard, the news that you heard, the funny convention stories. Let's go around the horn. How many years have each of you been? Let's Don. What number uh, convention is this for you? This San Diego is year three for me. Uh, Josh, this was year four. And Stella, three. And Eddie, I believe I am on six. Woo. Is this the best con yet, or was it lackluster, or what do you guys think? I think that, like, it's hard to top the first year. I think it was better than last year, because last year there were a lot of, like, transportation obstacles. But uh, while this was this was a lot of fun, this is also very, very difficult, but that also made it even more fun. Is it busier than years past, or what do you guys think? I, Absolutely. Yeah, we were very busy. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I, like, in terms of traffic and people, I'd say that there was definitely more crowds in rooms where there usually wasn't crowds than in previous years. What do you think, Stella? Is it busier than the past years you've been? Um, or is it about the same? I I feel like it was about the same. Uh, Thursday, the, well, Wednesday was like, oh, I have some room to breathe. Thursday, like, <laughs> was a really quick change, and I didn't expect it so quickly. But then I started getting used to it right away. Uh, I feel like because the Twilight people weren't there, I didn't feel as claustrophobic. Yeah. Um, Do you not remember the trolley? Well, but we've not experienced the trolley, so we have no constants to uh, compare it to. Uh, I mean, the trolley Eddie, is bad, but yeah. Eddie, you said six years, is that right? Yeah. Is it grown in six years? Yeah, because the first time I went and I... I think I told this story to Josh and Don. I'm going to date myself, but the first time I went when I was a kid back in the 80s, you could literally walk up 
the day of and buy a ticket and just walk in. So it is completely different. But, you know, maybe I'm just it's getting I'm getting used to it, but I didn't feel like it was so busy or so crowded. Maybe I just went in with a mindset knowing it's going to be like that. Maybe I'm just used to it by now. Well, this is a Spider-Man show, so let's start off with the Spider-Man news. The Spider-Man superior, the panel. (laughs) I remember last year, guys, there was absolutely no news at the Spider-Man panel, except was the hoodie on fire or was that a couple years ago? That was two years before. Okay, what was the news last year? The news was... Space um, Punisher? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that Space Punisher. I actually, um, I, I, I sent I sent a rune, Marvel's PR guy, an email about that uh, a few days ago. What what was the news last year? I'm trying to remember. They, what they was, were talking about, they mentioned the outfit issue, like, you know, the 50th anniversary of Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, they, got, they got it out of the way and then started talking about Captain Marvel, Daredevil, Punisher, Space Punisher, Cosmic Punisher, Ultimate Punisher, non-Spider-Man Punisher, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, what's the biggest in, in the guy, years you've been covering it, guys, the biggest Spider-Man news to come out of this? Josh stuff? has it. Yeah, 20, 2010, that year, because, you know, Slot was there. and save, The Venom slip, yeah. Well, not only the Venom, well, the Venom slip was afterwards, but, you know, because right away he says, okay, the rumor's about, you know, Brand New Day. Yes, it's ending. By the way, Peter Parker is getting a job. Look at these new costumes. Hey, is that a Hobgoblin I see? And, oh, look, Scorpion's in the Scorpion suit. Guess we're going to have a new Venom. By the way, Green Goblin miniseries. Um, right. Aranya's going to be spy. Like, there was so much news. I remember... Um, 2010. Yeah. yeah, and it's it was lackluster the years after. And last year, they spent not that much time talking about Spider-Man and more time talking about other stuff. And after this panel, I did send Arun an email um, when I got back thanking him for making it more Spider-Man-centric this year. There was a brief scare. Like, Don turned to me and said, that only took 20 minutes when they started talking about Daredevil. But then, which <laughs> I love Daredevil, but then they, they brought it back to Spider-Man. And while there wasn't as much news or revelations... I would say that this superior panel was a step up from um, the previous year. They showed a black cat cover, and Don's got to tell this story uh, about what happened. What happened with the black cat I, cover? I feel, I feel like, oh, oh, or she's uh, she's hugging uh, Spock. Yeah, she's twerking on Spock, and like, um, whoa! I feel that <laughs> I feel that like we're kind of sliding really fast. Like, like how, we're five minutes in the podcast, and I must have mentioned this terrible moment. Um, so essentially, you know, um, they're basically – I'm not sure if they said a lot of news. Cause I'm not sure what was announced between the day we left and the day of the panel. I think the panel was Thursday or Friday. But um, they announced that uh, Peter Puss and, and Venom were going, were going to meet for the first time ever. And, um, you know, Spock was going to, like, uh, you know, start his own team and, and Spider-Man team up. And then they came up with, like, I believe it's number 20 of uh, Superior Spider-Man. And you see Spock and his creepy, like, you know, spider mechanical arms. And, like, uh, you know, as he's, like, grinding on Black Cat. There, there was a kid, right? <laughs> uh, and when we say kid, he was, like, 11 or 12 years old. I, I don't think he was even older yeah. than 11. Okay, uh, there was a kid who, I, I, I forget, he asked a question earlier in the panel. And he says, well, hey, kid, uh, was it the same kid who won the Kindle, or was that in D.C.? Yeah, that, that, was, that was the Kindle kid from D.C. Yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah that, was, that was a previous panel. Anyway, okay, so, like, uh, they show their cover to uh, Black Cat and Spider-Man, and, you know, they're, they're, like, you know, kind of like kind of intimate, kind of flirty. I'm not kidding when I say this. This is, this is so wrong. This kid, like, sighed, bowed his head, and said, Oh, when is Spider-Man going to stop raping people? Oh! And I, my eyes wide as saucers, and I turned to oh. stop. And I'm like, did you did you just hear that? And he didn't hear what I said. And like, I was horrified. I was like, 
first of all, <laughs> what kind of what kind of child has that impression? An eleven year old has, wow. has an impression of Spider Man and Black Cat. Like that was that was that was terrifying to me. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, that was, now, did all all four of you go to the Spider Panel or? I missed it. I had a uh, web comics panel that was a must okay. for me, so unfortunately, I missed it. But cool. St- Stella, were you able to make it? Or? I was there. Yes. Okay, cool. Stella was my camera girl for uh, the beginning of the panel. Oh, nice. Very good. Yeah, that You guys did great shooting that, by the way. You were front row center, it looks like. We, we, we always like really take it seriously, even though, we, we, though our efforts are wasted. But um, <laughs> um, we should also mention that like uh, when they had the Q&A thing, uh, uh-huh. I, I, like, I somersaulted to the front of the line, and uh, I asked... Cause I, I, yeah, you you had one of the first questions, right? Yeah, I believe I was the first guy, and uh, I asked... Because um, I don't know about you guys, but I thought that like Spock's new costume... Looks like Ben Riley's costume, so I asked, "Hey, uh, Mr. Ramos, buddy, pal, did you uh, base that off of Ben's costume?" He says, "No, it's more based off the uh, Alex Ross movie design." And I was like, "Okay, that's fair enough." And then I asked um, Nick Spencer, "How come, how come the Shocker was a wuss in the first issue of uh, Superior Foes?" I don't think we've talked about that on the podcast, but uh, oh, we did, we did. <laughs> okay, well, like I mean, in, in, in the, the first, in, as of this recording, only issue of Superior Foes number one, Shocker is like he's made out to be the coward of the team. And I asked Nick Spencer, "Why was that?" And you're gonna help me out with this, Josh. He said basically like it was a callback to like Shocker um, had a nightmare in an issue of a miniseries in the '90s. Shocker had a nightmare once, so therefore this is his character now. Yeah, he said it was a callback to the classic Shocker, and like I kind of arched my eyebrow and told in my head, but he said, "Well, it's, it's not so much that he's a wuss; it's just that Boomerang thinks he's a wuss." And I was like, "All right," and then I left. <laughs> that was all it stands. <laughs> Did uh, Mr. Wacker recognize you at all, Don? I think as I, I went back to the, listen to the video when Josh put it on the front page. I think Wacker said good question, but we'll talk about Wacker recognizing crawl spaces at the Cup of Joe panel. Believe me. Oh, good, good, good. That ought to be good. Stella, your impressions of the Spider panel? Uh, my impressions are that I've been so out, out of touch with Spider-Man that like basically it left me with no feelings whatsoever. <laughs> I was just like, oh wow, look at all the stuff that's going on with Spider-Man. Yeah. And when was the, when did you drop off reading it? When, when Whenever was the last I issue stopped with the show, was it, uh, it was Spider Island post Spider Spider Island. Island. Yeah. Any interest in the Doc Ock mind switch at all? Um, I mean, you're not, you're not reading it. I, I mean, assume. this is the reason. I mean, it's not Spider Man. I mean, I don't know what you guys are reading, but that's not Spider-Man. I mean, this is... You're not reading Spock? No. No, I, I was trying to figure out what you guys were talking about when you said that Spock. I don't know why you're shipping them together like some slash fix. Um, but the fact, yeah, I mean, well the reason I dropped is like, was the fact that I didn't feel like this was Spider-Man anymore. It, I, I had no love for the character, and it's just gone beyond that. So I'm still in my essentials, and I love it. Um, what news came out of this panel besides Black Cat grinding? Really just like they, they did play up the whole Peter Puss versus Venom, and they actually showed a cover where uh, Oc gets his ass kicked, and they had like the whole Spider-Man and sim- symbol versus Venom symbol, and it sounded kind of interesting to me. But Josh said that they announced that before, so I'm not sure if it's news. Didn't didn't Eddie Brock? We, we knew that uh, there's going to. I mean, not Eddie Brock, but didn't hasn't Flash and Peter? come across each other before? Yes. Um, here's the deal, because in an early issue of Venom, um, Flash is in Venom mode, not Agent Venom mode, where he like he looks like he's in the army, but when he looks like, uh, you know, traditional Venom, and he's attacking, you know, uh, Spider-Man and trying to rescue Betty Brand, who's tied up to a bomb, but he doesn't know that there's, like, you know, a military Venom, and Slot said that 
he and Wacker made an effort, you know, even when they were both on Avengers teams, to not have the two of them run into each other. They even say, look at Spider Island hashtag. They, you know, their paths never cross. The problem is it happened in Carnage USA. Um, and someone told ah, yes, someone, that's it. Someone told Slot about that on Twitter months ago, and he's like, "Whoops, we goofed." But they forgot about it because Slot mentioned it in via phone on um, the on the panel. Uh, yeah, speaking of Slot, he he's back again in phone form. <laughs> yeah, l- let's talk about Mister Slot. It, it, it's three years in a row he hasn't gone to the Spider Panel. I'm, San Diego, pers- I'm personally really irritated, and it's not like you know Dan Slot. Tell me why. Was, well, I mean, like you know when when Josh was there. Not only was Slot there, you know, uh, shucking and jiving, but he actually talked to Josh and everything, and, like, that's probably not going to happen anymore. But, like, the first time I went to Comic-Con, Slot was, like, on a pre-recorded call, you know, on his way to Zimbabwe or whatever, talking about Spider-Man. And last year, he's there via phone message, and this year he's on via phone message, which kept on dropping every now and then. And I understand that, like, you know, the book is, like, two, two, two times a month and everything, but... Brian Michael Bendis has, like, half a dozen books, and he still showed up to Comic-Con. I feel that, like, it, not going to Comic-Con on a certain years in a row, when you're talking about when you're writing Spider-Man and you're very, very prolific with, with your fan base, I honestly feel – and, you know, this is my personal opinion. It's not like an objectively evil thing, but I feel that that's a really uh, – and I'm not going to say disrespectful, but, you know, misstep in terms of ingratiating your fan base and towards what you're doing with the character. He he goes to New York cons, doesn't he? Because he's based in New York, I think. Yeah. Um. I, I asked Arun about it uh, before the con, and uh, or not before the con, before the panel, and he basically said that yeah, because of slot schedule, it, it's hard to get him out to these things. I think that his presence, though, would do a lot for this because you know we could say what we will about slot, but he is a very enthusiastic personality. And I think, you know, he could be, you know, good and goofy in a crowd. And I think that a Spider-Man panel with Slot and a Spider-Man panel without Slot are two very, very different things in terms of excitement and enthusiasm level. Uh, No offense to the other guys on there, but that's just the fact. And I think that at the most important comic convention, you know, you need need to have the writer there. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I made the joke, you know, Slot phoned in his appearance, and it's... That so joke is a literal fact. I know. It's, <laughs> part of me is glad that they're taking that step. Like, okay, at least he's going to try and attend this way. But part of me thinks, eh, I don't know. Like, with the technical problems, is it is it as much trouble as it's worth? It's. I have my own pet theory, and this is this is again like a very you know prejudicial thing. But because and we mentioned this on the show before that like when when Josh interviewed him a couple years ago, he accidentally slipped that Flash is going to be Venom. I have, I have my own theory that he's afraid of uh, releasing spoilers to any interviews again. But, you know, that, that could be here or there. I mean, some people think that like, he's avoiding death threats, but which writer hasn't gotten Yeah, that, that, that was a theory from a lot of people. In fact, one person went up to the panel and said, Slot, I know you're hiding because of the death threats, you know, but I just want you to know <laughs> you're doing a good job. But uh, and I posted, They said that? <laughs> it's Good lord. Um, but it, I don't think it's because of the death threats, because he hasn't, been, he hasn't gone to San Diego for years, so... We haven't heard from Eddie in a while. What's your take on Spider-Man? Are you re- keeping up with Spock? I would like to thank Dan Slott of breaking me of the habit of collecting every single issue of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, that's I'm a, still that's reading it, um, yeah. but I stopped buying it at uh, about issue six. What, tell me the reasoning why. What? What? Uh, and how long have you been collecting uh, Amazing Spider-Man? God, years. Yeah. Um, Everyone knows at this point that I have every single issue, and I just stopped at issue six is superior. Uh, the, you know, I don't have a problem with what he's doing. 
with Doc Ock in Peter Parker's body because it could be kind of interesting. And it is actually interesting uh, the way he's using, uh, creating all new tech to make his job easier and, and, and just being a bigger, better Spider-Man. It's interesting. But my problem is with Dan Slott's writing. It's just the execution yeah. of the idea just falls flat for me. And I just find it boring. What, what year did you start collecting Amazing? Uh, I would say, that, well, the first issue I ever bought, I was probably 12 or 13. Um, but, uh, you know, here and there I stopped, I started, stopped and started. I didn't get serious about collecting and owning every single issue until about probably seven or eight years ago. Wow. And what was that first issue you picked up off the rack? Of amazing. Uh, 201, Spidey and the Punisher. Ah, Punisher, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. That's, I, see, I've, I've been picking him up since like 78, uh, 1978 when mm-hmm. I was uh, three years old. I've never stopped getting an issue every month. Uh, I, 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 I don't that, – that's a heck of a thing for you to do, I would think, if you've been collecting – well, you, you said off and on though, haven't you? Yeah, because at what, some what? point, you know, especially in the 90s, I wasn't collecting – Oh, yeah. Reading. That's understandable. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was involved in other things in my life, and I yeah. was collecting and reading until you know the 2000s. But right. I have another theory about. Um, he doesn't come to San Diego. He owns in San Diego, but he goes to New York where he lives. Did anyone right. maybe give the thought that he has some kind of flying? The fear of fl- you're kind of breaking up a little bit, Eddie. But fear of flying, you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Before. Yeah, and I th- I think he went to something in the UK, which is like a lot of flying. Um. Oh yeah, I remember seeing that on Twitter or something. Yeah, and I know that he spent a good part of his childhood in the UK, from what I understand. So I I don't think it's I don't think that there's any grand conspiracy theory. I think that he's just time managing. Um. Well, at the same time, I don't I don't believe that like him being too busy writing or you know co-writing Spider-Man. Is what keeps him not there. I, I, that to me, like I think, arguing on the internet is what keeps him too busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? Well, I mean, uh, go ahead, Ed. Uh, I'll say this um, because the argument has been made by by people that well, he only writes this one book. It's twice a month, but it's only one book. Look at Bendis; he writes you know uh, fifty gazillion books, and he's still there. Um, I'll say this about that: uh, every creator is different. I know Bendis has a reputation of being a really fast writer and is always like several, several months ahead of his deadlines, whereas Dan Slott is not. For some people, the process of creativity is just slow for them, whereas others, it's fast. So I won't fault him if he, you know, uses the excuse of, well, my schedule is so busy, you know, with with writing, you know, this book two times a month. I'll give him that because I know what it's like, you know, being a creator. Sometimes you're slow, sometimes you're fast. You know, and some people like Ben, this are just notoriously fast. You know, and who yeah. just might what not possibly know about that? What's that, Don? What, you, what could you possibly know about that? Where are you coming from? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine being a daily cartoonist, having to turn out a strip every single day. That, I think that would be hard, Eddie. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Even if I did not work and I had all the time in the world to just do the strip, yeah, I don't think I can churn out a joke every day. Yeah, it's amazing how Charles Schultz and people like that I have been able to do that. I have huge respect for Schultz and, and yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the like that can do that. Right. It's sustained a career for over decades doing it. Yeah. 
So basically, from the spider panel, which lasted, what, an hour? Uh, Just barely. Flash, Thompson, Venom is going to meet uh, Spock, essentially. That's, that's, the, that's the news. Uh, that was in the solicitations, wasn't it? Oh, he also, he's also getting a, a female sidekick. That was well. That was in the solicitations too. Uh, well, no, never mind. <laughs> so they so they read the solicitations to you guys. Is that basically what I'm getting? You know, at? but I, they expanded on some of the information. So okay. I, I did. Well, what's, what's the, bo- the, we the bottom line <laughs> stuff? The bottom line stuff was stuff that we had already learned, but they expanded on it, which you know, as opposed to. And there were some covers that we had not seen before, or at least that I hadn't seen before. There was so. a really cool-looking uh, cover of uh, an upcoming team-up issue where all the villains are like in, in a little, like, you know, pachinko thing, and, like, Spider-Man's, like, click, click, with a metal claw. That's a great cover. I really yeah, like that's that. Yeah, that's a good one. I like the 2099 where his – it's the banner this week. Of yeah, that's 2099, badass. arms crossed. It's a variant. It looks beautiful. Uh, I guess that we can move on from the spider panel. That's about it. Um, again, <laughs> again, uh, the the things that I that you guys went to that I'm interested in. Um, well, we can talk about Jerry Conway, the man who killed Gwen Stacy, along with Norman Osborn. Essentially, uh, he had a panel. Talk about what the panel was about. This was um, a real treat because, like, essentially, it was basically a Q and A panel. Like, it says the secrets behind the death of Gwen Stacy, and he just basically sat on and says, "Okay, what do you guys want to know?" <laughs> no, the, 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 <laughs> That was literally that. So, like, yeah. Josh and I – I mean, other people ask questions about Punisher and, like, you know, some of his other stuff. But I would say that, like, I asked, know. like, three questions, which got, like, a lengthy response, and Josh asked at least two or three questions. And it was good. I mean, like, we have the recording. It's not up yet. But, like, I asked um, – yeah. again, I've been reading uh, uh, the Untold sto- Marvel The Untold Story and asked him some questions like that. Like, you know, uh, it's mentioned in that book that you think that um, – well, here, here's, here's the most pr- uh, prevalent part of that. I asked about the snap, you know. Asked, right. like, what's the deal about, you know, the snap? Like, you know, was that intentional? Because, I mean, we've all heard several theories or, you know, several reasons why that was there. Like, it was, it was never meant to be there. It was. And, like, you know. And Conway came out and said, you know, he at the time was feeling very cynical about, you know, heroes. It was Vietnam. He was feeling very cynical about, you know, the political process in America. So he thought that, you know, for heroes to be taken seriously, he thought that they can't always win even the best of their intentions. So he mm-hmm. he said he himself put that in there, and over time it was revealed that like, it, it was it was implicit to him that Spider Man's trying to save Gwen killed her, and like he I mean he even had it where he talked about killing off Norman Osborn and saying he he didn't want Spider Man to kill him. He said that it makes Spider Man a better character by choosing not to kill Norman Osborn. But he he was still going to kill him because you know he can't kill Gwen Stacy and get away with it. And um, what else was Rhyme. what else happened? There was there was good stuff there. He was one of the youngest writers to take on Spider-Man Two back in the seventies, right? Yeah, he said that like uh, like like he says in the Untold Tale, he says that uh, he absolutely he used the word that Stanley threw him under the bus. And he, he had a nervous breakdown because he uh, got death threats. He said he would not con- attend conventions or or answer uh, letters or fan mail for years because of this. But he still had no regrets about killing her off because he is a firm. I mean, I mean we, we we all ascertained this, but he is a firm Mary Jane fan. And I can't understand why Peter was with Gwen and not Mary Jane. And, like, he took time. I mean, you know, this is all in the, in the stories, but, like, he says Gwen, to him, was a person that, well, you know, you could kill off and, like, you know, the illusion of change would be there because his girlfriend's dead. But it would also lead to a better story. And he really, really mm. – he said, he said this with a lot of conviction and, and a lot of, like, you know, honest it – was, it, was, it wasn't, you know, just, a, just like, you know, a voice piece. It was like he, he looked us in the eye and said – I don't know why Stan Lee made this like you know blonde girlfriend 
who was kind of a blank slate, and Mary Jane is such a more interesting character, to kind of not pin him up yeah. with Mary Jane is almost foolish to him. Did he talk about the Gwen Stacy of the movie? He said he, he, said, he said she was more like Mary Jane, I think. Did, <laughs> didn't he say that? Yeah, yeah he did. Uh, he also talked about the clone. Uh, Josh asked him about the clone saga, like the original one. Oh, what did he say about oh, that? I asked him about why he he did it again in the 80s, because he did a story in the 80s that retconned his own clone saga, and he said, oh, he said they, that it was a high evolutionary one with the annual, right? Yeah, he said that that was a mandate. Yeah. Um, to, to retcon the 70s cl- Gwen clone? Yeah, he says that his editor told him to do it. and um, That's weird. And I asked him, because he's the one that wrote that story where um, Betty Brant and Flash Thompson fight a zombie Ned Leeds and Betty blows up Flash's apartment. So I, I asked him about that, and, and he actually said, like, Betty Brant is one of my favorite characters, and I, and I oh, just looked oh, at Donald. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, oh, no. I just looked at Don and Stella, you know, like... Follow up on that. And, I think I think Don actually said to me, "Let it go, let it go," <laughs> which I wasn't going to say. <laughs> but actually, I, I did always I always I always suspected that because because um, the Stan Lee run, Betty was like not used after a certain point. Like she was like yeah. a cameo every ten issues, and once she get to Conway, Betty had like an active role. So I figured that that was a favorite of his. Any any uh, inkling why he likes Betty? Because she's got you crazy or what? <laughs> he, he wrote one of like the crazy. Oh, I know why. He wrote that issue where she's like hallucinating and like you know. Well, uh, Ned did he say that like, he was, she was she was like Peter's girlfriend when he was a reader, so we always had a fondness for the character. Did he write the story where she blew up Flash's apartment? Yeah. Yes. Oh no! Wow. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, he also like uh, he also mentioned like the original Clone Saga because Stanley said. Like he basically, like you know, while dodging the you know the uh, the cr- the critics and you know the, the people at the college, he basically grabbed Conway by the collar and said, "Bring her back now." And uh, Conway said, "No, I don't want to." So like he says, "Okay, <laughs> can we bring her back?" And like you know, she doesn't have to say. And Stanley was like, "Fine, whatever." So he and Ross Andrew, you know, did the clone saga and brought her back. But he made it. He wanted to make it clear by the end of the story. And all of you those who have read that know that like you know she's a clone Gwen Stacy, but she's not Gwen Stacy in that like. Basically everything that's everything that's implicit in those stories he explicated in the panel like she is not he is a big believer in, you know not bringing people back and stuff and um I I remember when I was a kid when that annual came out and I hadn't read the original Gwen Stacy clone storyline I had no clue what was going on in that annual I, I was so confused with that annual, with the high evolutionary and etc. Well there, there was like not the new gods because I said that during the panel by accident. But there was like some young gods or some some Mar- no some Marvel team that like was never like that was I guess you know hot for five minutes in the eighties were part of that so it was it was a weird annual in general it, yes it, it, was, it was it was not a Spider Man story no and it didn't slot or who who killed the the, the Gwen clone eventually recently. I, I think it was somebody, Van Lindsay, yeah. Somebody did. It, it was, Stella, Stella also attended the panel. What, what's your impressions of Mr. Conway? Oh, well, I had to wipe some brown off of Donovan and uh, Josh's <laughs> noses. Um, oh. <laughs> they, were in, they were into it, huh? And that, and that brown fell onto the floor in the form of chocolate cupcake crumbs. <laughs> you know what? I don't like you. Um, <laughs> uh, no, he was an interesting character. I personally haven't read, shocker, the uh, Death of Gwen Stacy. I'm not there yet in my essentials. So I felt spoiled 
Um, (laughs) And I just wanted how it could have been, and I just couldn't reach back to the past to get it. No, it was was interesting. Uh, I I think it's always great to listen to the great writers of the past and listen to what they had to say, and especially like a momentous occasion or event like the death of Gwen Stacy. It was just fun to be there and listen. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I remember you said that based off the Amazing Spider-Man movie, you really liked the idea of Peter and Gwen together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did this, like, like, you know, talking about her death, like, kind of impact that at all, like, and how Conway was talking about Gwen Stacy? Or, like, like, for instance, uh, if she does die in the next movie, will will you uh, not like that, or is it because of the comics you wouldn't mind it? Well, I'll be sad if she does in the next movie. I'm at least hoping for one full movie, and then I guess if you got it, you got to kill her off. You know, I feel like uh, I've always been a Mary Jane fan, but this movie I think has really pushed me toward more towards, and even reading the Essentials has pushed me more towards Gwen. And it was interesting to hear Conway say that you know I can never see him and Gwen together. It's always been the match has always been for Mary Jane, and I can definitely see like yeah, she pushes him and things like that, but there's also this intellectual uh, equal that he has with Gwen that I feel like he doesn't necessarily have with Mary Jane. And it's almost like comparing apples and oranges. Uh, I I feel like, well, yes, thank you. (laughs) I feel like you're either going to be a Gwen fan or you're going to be a Mary Jane fan, but I am disappointed that, uh, I I just wonder what what it could have been like had uh, Gwen lived, because I, I do really enjoy the character as we are now. Well, she'd be raising. She'd be raising the goblin babies. <laughs> oh. Sorry, hey, I'm sure they did something else. Someone, someone asked. Who asked him about that? Someone asked him about since past. Oh, oh yeah. they did. What, what did they? What did he say about he the goblin babies? He said he's never read it. Oh well, he's he's better off than we are. Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it seems like he didn't know what the story was via the title. I think Maybe if that yeah. person had explained what it was, then he would have been. Oh yes. I I agree, because I was curious about his opinion of that, and that would have been one of my questions, but when someone asked, I decided to ask him something else. It's like, yeah? The the thing about the Gwen in the movie that's a lot different than the comic is that she learns the identity. That's a a different aspect of the character, I think. What what do you think of that? Do you think in the comic she should have learned? Well, that's true, yeah. If she (laughs) knew... Oh, boy. Um, I missed the Conway panel, but kudos to Comic-Con for giving him a panel because there's a lot of old yes. guys like Conway, guys from the 60s and 70s that unfortunately are starting to pass away. Yeah. And it's good that uh, the ones that are still around are getting showcased in panels like this to tell people, hey, come and check these guys out. These characters that you love, these are the guys that created them or did key storylines of these characters, and they deserve some credit. And Absolutely. So were you a fan of Conway back in the day, Eddie? I'm sorry, what? Are you, are you a fan of Conway's? I'm a fan of Conway's. I'm a fan of a lot of these older people, uh, older creators that are starting to get some credit uh, for what they've done and are, and are starting to get showcased in panels like this. And I think it's just a really great thing because there's a lot of younger people that, uh, you know, company, present company not included, younger people who don't know who they are. And it's, like, you know, give these people a chance to learn who these people are and learn the history of this hobby that we all love. So it's a Comic-Con exactly. today, ching, ching. There was a kid like right next to Stella and I <laughs> on the left who had, who had like three copies of ASM-121 for him to sign, and he was a big like 
Is this the kid that's eleven that thinks Spider Man rapes? Oh no, 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 no. no. This, this is like a like like a guy around closer to our age, and um, he was okay. a big. Oh, oh, before I forget, like he also, I also asked him what was the deal with uh, having Doc Ock and Aunt May, uh, May get married. Oh, good, good one. And what's that about? He he kind of shrugged, like, well, you know, um, I just like to write write stuff that I like to read about, and like I was like, what? And it's like, okay, thank you. That's all the time for questions we have to get. Like, <laughs> Any other funny stories about Conway before we move on? Well, we, we, Josh and I ran into him um, talking to Lynn Ween. I took a picture of that. I thought, I thought that was a pretty cool thing. Dude, that's cool. And uh, that's... Josh harassed him <laughs> for an interview, and he said, go away, kid, you bother me. And that was it. Yeah. It didn't quite happen that way, but uh, there, there, there's some truth to that story. <laughs> Conway said, go away, you bother me? No, he didn't. No, he's a very nice guy. No. He's he's very open to interviews too. I think Michael Bailey interviewed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his run is is if I have a, a spot in Spider history that I'm lacking, it's it's uh, Mr. Conway's run. His run is one of my favorites because I I feel that yeah. like right around that time it was a really good explosion of Ramita artwork and like just a lot of development in Spider Man's life. Like his his run is like in my top like three. Really Josh, you're my historian. What are the numbers where Conway wrote? When did he start? When did he end? He came back for Webb. Well, because let's see, he was in the like uh, the the one teens or something. I think that's around. Mm-hmm. I think even earlier than that. But, and and his last issue was 149. But his uh, his first run on Amazing, I think like next to Stanley, it's one of the most used runs ever. Like. Harry becoming okay. the Goblin, that's been used. You know, like Harry blaming Spider-Man for his dad's death and becoming the Goblin, that's been used a lot in other media. That's a Conway story. Okay. Um, the, the Doc Ock, um, Aunt, Aunt May, you know, uh, marriage thing, that's been referenced a lot of times. That's a Conway story. Glory Grant, you know, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I give him kudos for creating a character that's still around today because name a supporting character that was not created by Stan Lee in those first 100 issues that's still around today. Glory Grant still is the uh, Mayor Jameson's assistant, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. who who else is still around, you know, after, like, the writer leaves the run and a few years pass and people forget about them? Yep. It's, Very good. It's, exact numbers, it's from issue 111 to 149. There That's you go. what I thought. Yeah. I thought it was 111. He, he, who replaced him? Was it? It was Ween, I Ween? believe. Uh, Arch, yeah. Archie Goodwin did the next issue, but then it was Ween, yeah. And he went up to, what, 200-ish? No, because uh, Marvel no. okay. jumped in around the one, like, late. Wolf, Wolfman? Wolfman did 182, okay. I think. Got it. So that was okay, got it, got it, got Wolfman, it. then O'Neill, then okay. Stern. And, yeah, and Tarantula, and, you know, uh, he mm-hmm. made Peter and Flash become better friends. They were kind of on their way to that, to Stan Lee. But, I mean, and the whole Goblet and Spider-Man fighting at the bridge thing, that's been done so many times. Like, so much... I'd say if you look at a Spider-Man story in other media, Stan Lee will, you know, have the most influence on it, but Conway will be the second most influence, I would argue. Cool. Agreed. Uh, another uh, spider uh, celeb that was there, which is one of my favorites, and we've interviewed him on this show, John Romita Jr. Tell me a bit about the, his panel. What was he? Was he promoting Kick-Ass, or what was his panel about? This was a basically a, a spotlight on John Romita Jr. panel. There was yeah. a couple of those. There was like the, there was, I went to the Spotlight and Bruce Tim panel. It's basically like him. Although this one, it was him and Axel Alonso. It basically Axel Alonso, uh, kind of like talking, just talking about you know working with Ramita Jr. It was a lot less linear than I was thought it was going to be because he talks about um, he talks. I mean, I'm sure if, if you go back to the interview, which I've not listened to in a little bit, but like he talks about you know as a kid, 
he uh, was first introduced in comics by his dad. Obviously, he's like he saw his dad drawing Daredevil. He's like, oh, who's what's Daredevil? He's Daredevil and he's blind. What? And um, he uh, <laughs> talked about his. I mean, he didn't mention his first Spider-Man story, which is a backup story. I, it's somewhere in the essentials. I think it's like annual ten or something. It's a backup chaos. Story. That's the coffee, and he says he hates it because his art wasn't good. But uh, he, yeah. he he actually, to be honest, he didn't mention Spider-Man all that often, but he did mention that. Uh, some of his inkers, he really enjoys. He, he really enjoys, obviously, Klaus Janssen, but he also really enjoys Scott Hanna. And he loves, loves, loves the JMS run of Spider-Man that he did. And he did say that Spider-Man yeah. was his favorite character with Daredevil as a close second. When's he coming back? Did that question get asked? Um, well, he didn't mention that when he's coming back to Spider-Man. He didn't mention that the only Marvel, like main Marvel heroes that he's never done ongoing with are the Fantastic Four and Doctor Strange. And then he turned to Axel Alonso and said, hey, can I have Doctor Strange? <laughs> and um, and then the rest of the time, like Reginald Hudlin photobombed the panel and just started talking about Black Panther for like the last thirty minutes. The rumor on Bleeding Cool is that uh, DC has offered Romita Junior Superman to write and draw. Did he hit that at all with his boss sitting next to him? <laughs> I did not hear a word about that until the internet <clears throat> told me that happened. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, uh, he's uh, penciling Kickass Three, I guess. Yeah, I read that the other day. He's also also, uh, penciling uh, Captain America, just wrap that up. So, mm-hmm. anyway. He's a nice guy. Um, I got, I got a, a picture with him. Tell me the story where he thought you were me. I think that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> you, you, you just told it, Brad. Well, <laughs> well, that was a great story, Brad. Uh, <laughs> this wasn't... This wasn't, uh, this wasn't I didn't. I didn't mean to do this. <laughs> but um, it's hilarious. I love this. Well, Go ahead. This is, this is what happened. So like, I am by myself, and I don't have Josh's, you know, tiger blood to coach me into, you know, stealing flood <laughs> interviews. So yeah. the panel goes a bit over because Reginald Hudlin talks way too much. So like, the guy says, "Okay, everybody out, out now!" and starts shooting fires in the air. So um, everybody has to clear out, and I'm trying to get to the sea of people to get to Ramita Jr. with the sign because I have the sign with me all the time. And the, the, I love the crawl space sign. Yeah, it's, and I just could not get to him. So I was like, so I actually texted you and Josh saying I failed. I couldn't get the picture. And I was like, wait a minute. So I just waited outside for about five up. minutes. And he came out with uh, his entourage, which was basically a couple of people. And they started talking. They started talking for a long time, like 15 minutes. But I just stood there like to the side of him. And he, he, he's, he's, he's laughing and smiling. He's, he's a bit older than I thought he might be at this day and age. I'm sure he's like in his 50s. But um, he, was, he was very happy taking pictures and stuff. And then like about 20 minutes after the thing ended, I finally said, hey, he's like, oh, hi, pal, how you doing? I said, hey, do you remember Brad Douglas in the Spider-Man Crawl Space? You interviewed with him a few, a few, uh, a few um, years ago. And, you know, recognition struck his eyes and his head perked up. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad, how you doing, buddy? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> he grabbed my hand and shaked it with glee. And I was like, oh, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, man, <laughs> can you take a picture with the sign? Said, oh, sure. And then, like, before he left, I said, by the way, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm not Brad Douglas. I'm just one of his henchmen, but thanks anyway. <laughs> so, and, and then he took your camera and stomped on it. <laughs> he did it Kanye style, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he slapped on the face. He's like, oh, great to see you. You didn't really say uh, you're one of my henchmen, did you? No, that's paraphrasing. But like, oh, okay. I, okay. I I think, okay, oh, well, that's good. That's good. He, I remember, I think it was 07 or 08 when we interviewed him. He was uh, in his buddy's car with a pizza on his lap and a, on his cell phone. And I, I just think that was one of, the, one of my all-time favorite celeb, Spider-Celeb interviews. So he's just a really nice guy. Very nice guy. Probably top five of my favorite Spider-Man artists. I mean, does he rank pretty high for you he's all? He's in my top three. I can't decide who I like better, him or his father or Ragley. I like him more with age. Like, like his later stuff? No, I mean, like, as as I've gotten older and I've read more comics, I've appreciated his style more and more. 
Yeah. When I was a kid, I didn't like his work, work like in Peter Parker, but as I got older, yeah, I, I liked it a lot better. I agree. Eddie and Stella, are you fans of Romita Jr.? I love him. Okay. <laughs> Eddie? <laughs> That's Mrs. Eddie, huh? <laughs> yes, it's Mrs. Eddie. She killed him. <laughs> she killed him. Oh, man. <laughs> and Stella, are you a fan of Romita Jr.? I am, yeah. I just, uh, I got a trade, uh, the Mary Jane trade, um, you just hit the jackpot. And it was interesting to see him draw, I think it was like sticks and stone. I think he was drawing that. And then switch over to a later issue where Doctor Doom is in an airport and then Cap has to, and it's like a completely different style. And so it was interesting to see that shift. But yeah, yeah, I enjoy him. Hey, also, Christian impersonation. You did great, by the way. You're you're like a uh, Rich Little. Yep. Oh, well, I'm dating. I'm dating myself. Nobody knows who Rich Little is anymore. <laughs> and, and and nobody knows who the guy from the Full Monty is anymore either. <laughs> Don't. Um, we also had a Marvel TV panel and a cup of Joe. What what happened at the Marvel TV panel? Season three. Of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, I it guess. It was a spectacular. I heard that. What? I almost did. I, I wish there was a season three of Spectacular. <laughs> Stella, you went to this one, Yeah, right? what happened? Basically, absolutely nothing. Um, oh, great. I, <laughs> mean, they, I mean, the only announcement was, hey, Ultimate Spider-Man's been picked up the third season. I said, are you crazy? Um, <laughs> you know, and I was flashing back because my first year there, they were teasing all of this stuff like uh, a revamped live action Hulk and they were going to do, um, Jessica Jones show. They were going to do a Jessica Jones show on, uh, ABC and they were going to do a cloak and dagger show on ABC family. Which, right, which, that never came about. No, and so I'm like, okay, so that's not there. So basically, that was the only news, and then they showed an episode further along in the season uh, of Hulk and the Agent of, Agents of Smash, and I thought, well, another winner, and certainly it was. Uh, Seth Green man, is that, a bomb. Yeah, it's not. That looks horrible. It's, it's, yeah. uh, Eliza Dushku is uh, She-Hulk. You've got oh. Red Hulk as, um, I'm thinking what his name is. Uh, General Ross. Yeah, but oh, she's thinking of the actor. Well, the, oh, actor. the actor. Yeah, you know oh, who uh, no played like uh, <laughs> Slade and Ron Perlman. Yes, thank you. Wait, not Ron Perlman. Ron, Ron Perlman's Hellboy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, now, is this is this the panel that uh, had uh, Agent Coulson on it and uh, the Shield show? Yeah, but he was he, yeah. nothing. That was not. I saw the Shield preview for the fourth time this weekend, uh, and then they showed us. There, there was a separate Shield panel, Brad. That's what you're thinking. Oh, okay, that's what I was thinking. That might have been going on here. Then they showed another episode of um, the new Avengers show, which I'm not as happy with as I was the original Avengers show that they were playing. I haven't, I haven't seen a single. Episode what is? I'm not seeing either show. What is the main difference that differentiates the quality? Um, the main difference is. The original Avengers show stayed close to comic storylines, and this one, as far as I can tell, is not, and it's more humor-driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Earth's Mightiest Heroes was a great show. Oh, for I, sure, I, I, yeah. I, I like that a lot. Marvel uh, stuff seems to have a knack of taking what's working for them and then making it not work. Yeah. Yeah. Would you believe? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so tell me about the uh, the Cup of Joe panel. Tell me a bit about this one. <laughs> Whoa, this sounds good already. What's Joe talking about at Cup of Joe? Uh, it, it's basically because uh, he he describes it at the beginning of each con is that when when he was an up and comer, he wished that there was a way that you could talk to creators and ask them questions. So that that's what Cup of Joe is, and he did talk about some like upcoming stuff. Like this is what's going to be going on in X Men. This is you know a preview for something in Ultimate, but it's. It's largely a Q&A thing, and a dot, I like the way Don tells the story for the Q&A thing. Well, Go ahead, Don. Um, I got there kind of late. I forget what I was doing, but uh, I think Stella and I got there at the same time. And you're stalking John Romita Jr. because you're my lynchman, or lynch... What, what, what are you, my... Henchman. Yeah, good Let's henchman. Um, so <laughs> I, I took off my Brad Douglas mask and so I could see... <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it's a big... It's a big room, like it's a big, uh, it's bigger than the Conway one, and there's a line, and, and Josh is there, so I see Josh, and there's, you know, there's these big screens to show you the the panelists closer, closer face. So when, I like that. So uh, it's, it's, it's Alonzo, Bendis, Joe Casada, Steve Wacker, Rick Remender, and other people I don't read. Um, and so when Josh, <laughs> when Josh gets up there. This, this, this is the thing, and you know, there's, there, there might be some contention. This, this might be just me hallucinating because I don't see what I like to see. But I swear, I swear to you, on a stack of essentials, that like when Josh walked <laughs> up there and started began to ask his questions, I looked right in like the, the face of Steve Wacker, and Steve Wacker had this like surprised look of disgusted recognition, and I am not kidding. His face jerked of, back. Of Bertoni? Yeah, like when Bert- like, like Josh was like, "Hi, I have a question." Like like Wacker's face was like. It's you, but how? And I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> like he, he scrunches in his face, and like he. Did you like say, "Hi, I'm Josh with the Spider-Man crawl space"? Is that what? Uh, I, I said I'm Josh, but what I did was I thanked Bendis for um, that issue of uh, Ultimate where everyone talks oh. bad about Betty Brant the whole time, and at the end she dies because that issue <laughs> was like tailor made for me. And I said, you know, my friends, you know, we have this anti Betty thing, and it was like that issue. It was like you've been listening in our conversations, and Bendis mm-hmm. took it in good humor, and um. Uh, right, right. I, Wacker kind of has a poker face when he's looking at people during panels. I'm not going to go as far as to say, like, I'm 100% sure that Don's, you know, wrong, because Don was looking and I wasn't. But at the same time, I hesitate to say that I am important enough to Wacker and Wacker's day-to-day business that it's, that I could get that kind of reaction over him. Supposedly, he still listens to the podcast, but, you know, I mean, knowing him, if you if you asked him, he'd give a passive-aggressive answer, you know, that that wouldn't tell us anything either way. The moment I saw you it, tried- I texted Josh, like, like, as he was in line, I was yeah. like, dude, Walker, it can't be. Which is funny because I should have read that text. Like, oh, my friend says that Wacker's staring at me. Hi, Wacker. <laughs> I, I, I spoke to him earlier um, in the... Yeah, you you tried to get an interview with him. It never happened, though. It I, never I happened, not because of anything, just that, like, our schedules didn't sync up. Like, I caught him coming out of the Spider-Man panel, and there wasn't enough time for him to, like, register if he recognized me or not. But I was like, are you available for an interview? And he turned to Arun and says, am I available for an interview? And they basically said, look for us on the Marvel panel, uh, at the Marvel stage but all the times that I was able to go to the Marvel stage and I had a big interview schedule too so it it never synced up and Wacker was flying out a day early mm. okay uh, any any news out of the Cup of Joe it, mostly stuff that had to do with other titles it's uh, okay. uh, see I, I don't know what's going on with the other books enough to t- they talked about the Infinity series which is I don't know how much we knew about that and how much we didn't because I don't follow a lot of non-Spider-Man things. I follow Daredevil, uh, Fantastic Four, and and a few other titles. 
I should also mention, like, just real quickly, because it's just a second, but I did go to the Ultimate Comics panel with have Ultimate okay. Spider-Man, and they mentioned, like, they're they're doing an event uh, with Galactus, and it's like, a, it's like, it's like, it's like, it looks like 616 Galactus, and that's, it, it perpetuated the rumors that the Ultimate Universe yeah. was swallowed up. It's the first issue came out this week. It's called The Hunger. It's the it's Galactus, 616 Galactus, um, in the Ultimate Universe, which was one of the repercussions of uh, Age of Ultron. Eddie, should Galactus eat the Ultimate Universe and uh, and fart it out? I don't in know. In a heartbeat. <laughs> in a heartbeat. Well, you, the only good thing about wow. it is Miles. Miles is the only good thing about the whole universe. Yep. <laughs> Miles, there, was, there was no hesitation on that at all. No, yeah. Well, I'm with Eddie on that. Miles is the only good thing. They yeah. did say that Miles would actually play a, a big part in that storyline. But bring, uh, Well, he was. should. He's the only good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I say bring Miles to 616, let him kill Alpha and take his place, and then be done with it. I don't know who said it on the podcast this month, but they said if you take away the, the interaction with Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane and Aunt May... And his and that's what makes the character good is the universe he lives in, the the characters he lives with. I think that's true, sure. but like I mean I could do I did too. I even like, going back to like when Ultimate Comics first started, I could not care about anything else other than Spider Man because it just, I don't know, it just I couldn't tell you why, but like there's something yeah. about Bendis writing Spider Man in that kind of world that really speaks yeah. to my uh, sensi- uh, sensibilities as a comic reader. And, like, I'm not saying that if, if you take Miles and his, and his crew to 6-1-Cents, it'll be ruined. But I think there is, an argument could be made, by the way. His crew, are you talking about his roommate? You know, Genki and, um, uh, I guess, I guess like, his, his dad. And, like, the characters who, aren't, who don't have alternative, you know, versions in, in the usual universe. I mean, I guess... I would just... It would just be weird of picking it and choosing it. Like, you can come over, you can come over, stop. You can't, not you. <laughs> well, come on Miles' come on story over. is that he's Spider-Man in a world where Spider-Man's dead. Um, yeah. Well, he'll, he'll sit right in. <laughs> isn't, isn't his girlfriend like a, a young adventure in the 6 one sense? Kate, Kate Bishop? Kate Bishop, yeah. So, like, that, that might be problematic. <laughs> Who knows? All right, uh, Josh, you got to talk to the Avengers. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, just, let, let, but, let me prep. Oh, go ahead. You and Sam Jackson fist bumped, it, yeah. fist bumped, right? Let me preface that story with um, this uh, with this How I Met Your Mother story, because I think that the two stories kind of go hand in hand, and one sets up the other. Okay, go it's, ahead. Um, the Indigo Ballroom is doing a panel for How I Met Your Mother, and last year in the Indigo Ballroom, uh, I was able to get into it the last few years fairly easily, you know, as long as I showed up a panel or two panels early, depending on how popular things were. Last year, I almost walked right into the Glee panel, but not only did I almost walk right into the Glee panel, I walked I, I, right backstage by accident where the Glee cast was hanging out. And uh, I told the story last year on the podcast, so I know the layouts. I know where they keep the people before and after, you know, uh, the panels. I know where they go for the press events, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a picture of Neil Patrick Harris on the cast of How I Met Your Mother. You know, I, I, I can do this. And the Indigo Ballroom, I'll show up a few hours early. It's not Hall H. Oh, Mama, I showed up a few hours early. <laughs> It was oh, it, it, it was the busiest I've ever seen the Indigo Ballroom, and I waited in line. And Eddie and Kristen showed up with me. Um, Eddie was having trouble drinking his like Insta Juice or something. Oh, <laughs> What's Insta Juice? It's Eddie. Uh, it, I, it, it's nothing. It's it's. I had a bottle of water, and then I had um, some fizzy stuff. It's like a, a healthy energy drink. 
uh, that's in powder that you put in to uh, the water, but um, it has a way of fizzing up all over the place as soon as you put it in a bottle of water. So, and is that Kristen laughing? <laughs> so you can imagine me putting my mouth over the top of the bottle, fizzing everywhere, and meanwhile it's like foaming all out the sides. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it for me. Like you were cosplaying as Cujo with foaming at the mouth, evidently. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm thinking. At a certain point, I was like, okay, I'm not going to make it into the panel. But I remember how to get backstage. The backstage area was like barely guarded at all. I was able to do it. So I make my way upstairs, and um, I totally – I shouldn't be telling this story. Like, <laughs> I, for, for some reason, so, I, I have this idea in my head that someone's listening that might be able to get me into trouble. But F it, you know, I, like, walk up to the guy, and I say, hey, I have an appointment for the How I Met Your Mother press event in room 204A. And I didn't even know that there was a How I Met Your Mother press event in room 204A, but all the press events are half an hour after the panels in room 204A, because that's how I did the Shatner thing the day earlier. He's like, oh, okay, go on in. I'm like, okay. And then, <laughs> so then I actually got into the press room, you know, where other reporters were in. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, you have a press pass, why not? Well, yeah, but the, there's, it's it's not enough to have a press pass. You have some of these things are invitation only. And okay. and eventually a CBS guy you know comes up to me he's like hey and I'm like he's like hey um let me check you in so I gave him my name and he's like oh that that that's weird you're not on the list and I was like oh that is weird um I I was told to be in room 204A at 1:30 he's like oh can you show me your confirmation email and I'm like trying to load it on my phone I'm like shoot I can't load it maybe I can have my editor send it to me again he's like okay we just need you to wait outside until he does I'm like okay. I'm thinking, ah, oh, great. I'm like, oh, well, I, I know the backstage area. Here's a question for you. Why do you want to get into Who Met Your Mother panel? How I Met Your Mother? You to... Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Colby Smulders, Connect... and Jason Siegel, okay. um, and the guy that no one cares about and Allison Hannigan. <laughs> but it's... Well, sorry, are you just a big fan of the show? Is that why you want to get in there? Uh, I'm a big fan of the show, and Neil Patrick Harris did play Sp- well, Spider-Man. Did play Spider-Man. Spider-Man, so, I mean, I yeah. there's an in to get him to hold the sign. But so this is they learned like from the security blunders from last year, like that room that I that room that I walked into, that room was heavily guarded. And like and every every place that Josh snuck into over there last last year was all heavily guarded. So the Bertoni Busters were in full effect. The Bertoni Busters. I love like every plan that I this was. This was like Superior Spider-Man. Every plan I had, there was a counter plan in pace. So I was like, okay, they bring them through the back, you know, like the back outside of the hotel area, you know, for the press thing. So let me go out there. I'll head them off there. They had guys, like, guarding those glass doors. Those glass doors were completely, like, you know, last year. So, But at one point, there, was, there wasn't people guarding them. So I was waiting by the glass doors, but eventually they called in more people. Um, and I was like, well, maybe they'll go and maybe they'll leave the press room through the front because that's what happened with uh, Wayne Knight the day before. But uh, they didn't do that. But then at one point I said, I'll just go into the press room next door, which is empty, and go out the back. And then I'll wait in the back. But then that room was guarded. And I'm like, these guys are good. They're like, <laughs> they're, you know, I, I, I give them props, you know. But then finally, someone left that next door press room. So I went in there. This this is this is so sleazy. I'm sounding so sleazy even recounting this, I swear. You are. This is not, <laughs> this is not giving Crossbase a good name. I went behind a curtain. 
Um, the thing ended. Neil Patrick Harris walked by. I go from behind the curtain that way, like in case someone went to the press room. Um, I go outside because I could see through the glass door and I say, hey, Neil, we're trying to get a picture of every person who played Spider-Man holding the sign. And he turned around, you know, and like made a face like, yeah, sure. But then like Weasley assistant number seven said, said, sorry, he doesn't have time. I'm like, not for a picture. And he's like, doesn't have time. And like led them away. So, oh, that would have been nice too. But that was nice. a real sobering experience because at that point, this is Saturday. The previous three, yeah, three days at the con, um, if you count preview night, every panel that I really wanted to get front row in, I was able to get front row in, and I was like, you know, calling myself, oh, I'm front row Bertone, you know, I, I'm getting into all this stuff, and that was like a sobering experience. Like, okay, I tried this thing and I failed. So oh, that night, human. That night is the Marvel Studios panel. Um, which, uh, not, not panel, because the, the panel is in Hall H, but there was a press conference, in, um, um, which is, it, the general public can't get in, that's like invitation only, and that one I was actually on the list for, so I showed up to that, and it was, the check-in process was even worse than last year, because there was nobody there, so it was just everyone congregating, but there was no line. So I'm like, oh, let me just get in the front here by the door since there's no line. And then Eddie, Kristen, and Stella met me because I was going to try and get them in. Because last year, um, when I RSVP'd, they let me take Don and Stella with me. They didn't let me take anyone this year. But when the person showed up, she was just doing a free-for-all, letting people in. Then a woman shouted, no, you need to let us in based on who's in front. So then she Mm. turned to me, who showed up like, you know, 20 minutes before as opposed to these people waiting two hours. But I'm not complaining. It's, I'm so sleazy. I am so sleazy. And she's like, and she's like, okay, so she checked me in. We did not know who was going to be in this room because um, they hadn't announced the cast for these movies yet. So I walk into this room. It's completely empty. I have my pick of where I'm going to sit. And I look on the table, and there's, like, Samuel L. Jackson, Chris Evans, Colby Smolers. And I'm like, oh, heck yeah, Scarlett Jones. <laughs> so I pick a spot front and center directly across from Sam Jackson. The actors were late because there was a press line and like these reporters, these were like high caliber reporters. They were very, very like pissy prima donnas. Like one of them's like, they're keeping us waiting. Don't these actors care about us at all? Another one got up, stormed out and said, they're going to regret this. (laughs) (laughs) Now, just to just so I can understand it a little bit better. It sounds like there's multiple areas where the reporters can hit them up. Is that right? Um, it, during the press conference or, like, throughout the convention? Like, the one that you're in, where you got front row, who's allowed in there? Anyone who... Marvel Studios, the, you know, they sent out a thing to people on certain press lists, and you email them back to RSVP, and if there's a spot okay. available, they'll put you in. Um, okay, so the, okay. I, I, I tried to get in the press line, which is, like, where you walk across the carpet and interview them one at a time, but that yeah. was full. So they said, do you want press conference? And I'm like, sure. They, um, I really wish I could have let Stella and Eddie and Kristen in, but, uh, it's, they, they wouldn't let me do it. But, I mean, I was, an, I was very excited anticipating, and at the, at that time in Hall H, they just announced the cast for Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy, so they handed us these sheets, which I, uh, f- took a picture of with my phone and put it on Crawl Space. The guy sat down for the Captain America panel, and, this was this was awesome, and of course, Colby Smolders was right there, you know, mere feet from me after I botched the How I Met Your Mother thing that morning. 
<laughs> and um, when it came time for my question, I said to them, and this is on the YouTube video, I said, is Captain America going to be ticked that Agent Coulson faked his death? And it stumped Chris Evans, and, like, he turned to Samuel L. Jackson, and Sam, like, looks at me, he's like, there is no Agent Coulson, you know, they're, they're all robots. And <laughs> we, we had a little back and forth, and then after the panel, I um, he gave me a fist bump, um, and he said, nice shirt. And it was, I was wearing my glow-in-the-dark Avenger shirt, and I said, thanks, want to trade? And he said, nah. Um, so, so how did the fist bump come up? You just walked up and said, "Yo, Sam." Oh, what's, I mean, I, 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 I was in the front row, and I, I asked for the fist bump. He didn't offer it. I mean, it, oh, okay, I mean, nice. <laughs> but uh, the next <laughs> panel was Guardians of the Galaxy, and they gave us the press sheets, like you know, for who was going to be in it, and when. And I saw Michael Rooker, who's Merle in The Walking Dead, like sitting there and when he's talking I'm like that's Merle from Walking Dead and a little bit of backstory Hall H is like impossible to get into Kristen Eddie's wife waited there for seven hours from like four in the morning and she still did oh. not get into the Walking oh. Dead panel oh, she oh. was seven pissed. and a half hours oh my god seven and a half hours so I see my poor, poor woman I see Michael Rooker and um, after the panel I go up to him with the camera and I'm like Hey, you know, my friend Kristen, she missed the Walking Dead panel. Can you say Merle loves you, Kristen? And he grabs the phone for me, like, looks into it. And this is on the YouTube channel. Um, he says, Merle's hot for you, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and he gave me a fist bump, which you could see on the video. So awesome. that was cool. And the rest of the Eddie, Guardians did, of the Eddie, Galaxy. Did that make her, Eddie, did that make her day? Yeah, because uh, she was not in the best of moods after waiting for seven and a half hours for that Walking Dead panel. And- well, hell no, you wouldn't be. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. What, what? That's like going to an amusement park and waiting to get on the coaster, and the coaster closes. Clark, You know what Clark Griswold did at the end of that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she woke up for four in the morning for that stuff. Paul H., that's normal. you got to camp out overnight to actually get in for a panel. In fact, uh <laughs> I don't know if it was yeah. that day or the next, but like in the evening, like about eight or nine, there were all there was already a long line of people with sleeping bags packing up, camping out for the Doctor Who panel the next day. That's how you get and in the, that place. And the Amazing Spider-Man Two panel was in Hall H, and that's why you you guys weren't able to get to that because yeah. you'd have to camp. Yeah, that, I, I, the I'm good. I'm, I'm not I'm possible. not gonna I'm not gonna spend my day. Um, I know that no, they they do reserve spots in Hall H for certain members of the press. I found that out from talking to somebody there, but um, it's it's not gonna happen for crawl space. <laughs> no, but we gotta explore that wheelchair idea you had, Josh. <laughs> Put Don in a wheelchair, Josh in a wheelchair. They won't let the number one Spider-Man fan. The site. Brad. Come on. Brad. This, 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 this isn't the Mighty Ducks where we're going to win because we have the biggest card, okay? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, uh, who's bigger than us for fan sites? Uh, IGN. Uh, They're not a Spider Man site. They don't care. They, they, Brad, that's, that's not how it works here. It's. <laughs> I keep on explaining. I keep on explain- Who do I got to talk to to get your ass in there? Come on. I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk Andrew to Garfield. some. I mean, uh, I have a contact that I made actually while I was in the thing, and she's going to explain to me more about the process. But uh, those two panels, they they were great. You know, the Avenger. Uh, they're not at press conferences, and you can see in the videos which I posted on the front page. Like, uh, uh, you hear my voice in both of them. I have a back and forth with them. Um, Zoe, what's her face in the Guardians of the Galaxy one? Because she's like, oh, yes, yeah, we can beat up the Avengers. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to tell them you're talking smack about them. (laughs) And she's like, bring it. (laughs) Real quick, it's not Spider-Man related, but talk about meeting William Shatner. Love that. 
Yeah, there was... How, how did you get into there? I got an invitation for a press thing that TV Land was doing, and it was Roseanne Barr. It was supposed to be Donald Faison, but he couldn't make it. Roseanne Barr, William Shatner, and Wayne Knight. And I looked at my schedule. I didn't have anything to do, so I said, sure, why not? And I went to the panel. I got in the, uh, you know, front row Bertone strikes again. In fact, Stella, I'm really proud of Stella because she used, like, my techniques to get into the front row this year. She, like, texted me, I made it all the way to the second row. I'm like, that's my girl. Uh, <laughs> what is Shatner pr- pushing, or what's he promoting? He he did a guest spot on Hot in Cleveland. So it was basically oh, celebration okay. of sitcoms. And we were all in a press room afterwards, and... um yeah, I didn't really have a lot to say to these people. I was just happy to be there, and I wanted to get certain sound bites from them about things. Like, um, for the kids back home, um, they like a show called The Regular Show, and Wayne Knight was on that, so I asked him a question about that and recorded it. Um, that'll be up on Crawl Space. I'm doing a compilation of, like, you know, little five-minute, like, two-minute videos that don't fit anywhere else from Comic-Con. I, right. I asked Roseanne about her guest spot on The Office, and um, I actually, my ex-girlfriend's favorite, like, actress is Roseanne, so I spitefully sent her a picture saying, ooh, look who I'm a few feet away from. Oh, you, ba- you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> yeah. I'm like you're over it. Totally, totally. Yeah, no, no, no. Nah. Um, you asked, you asked Shatner... You asked him a good question about Star Wars. I did, and it was funny because at first he stared at me and said, Star Wars, and I'm like, oh, he's ticked. But then, like, he's like, I want to play the lead. And the whole table erupted with laughter. And um, um, there's a guy, I gave him the exclusive on it because he runs a sci-fi site, so I sent him the video first and um, uh, from my phone, and he put it up on his site. And they accidentally credited someone else with it, which is funny because, like, Eddie was there when, like, I looked at the website like, what?! They said that my name is Swankotron. What the heck? Yeah, I call I, you that in passing. Yeah. Who do we have to go? Uh, you know, kick their asses. Are they mentioned? Well, <laughs> it, it was it was an honest mistake because the guy was emailing. It, you know, he sent someone else the video to post it on the site because he was at the con. But that actually got picked up by like you know Yahoo News and a few other things. So that was kind of cool. These guys were all nice. Um, Wayne Knight was a little weird. Um, because I, I told him that, like, the kids loved him in Jurassic Park afterwards, and he says, kids who gravitate to my characters usually grow up to become psychos. And he was, and he was, <laughs> and he wasn't saying it weird. in, like, a funny weird. way. He wasn't joking. Like, he was, like, wow. he had the biggest poker face when he said it. And I asked him if he saw Jurassic Park when it was re-released in 3D, and he said, no, why would I go to that? They're not giving me any extra money for it. And I'm, and I'm thinking, Ouch. what, 3D royalties for a 20th anniversary? But I would have been like chill out microchip <laughs> I mean, he, he, they, they were all great guys they were all friendly but you know so that was fun yeah uh stella you also interviewed a few celebs and you had some hijinks tell me about your hijinks um who did you interview uh lots of people um i guess okay. the hijinks were mainly with carrie elwes uh who was in princess bride right um and it was for Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox, so obviously not Marvel. But Who yes, does he play? Uh, he plays Aquaman, actually. Um, okay. And before the interview even started, there was sort of like a little skit, I guess, that happened. Just like uh, improv uh, between he and I, where, you know, he said, uh, well, you know what happens to Batman in that? And then I broke down and cried. And then switched it off and just went to interview mode and, and mispronounced his name. And then I was, like, 
fake frustrated because we asked at least four different people how to pronounce his name, and they all said Elway. And he's like, it's Elwes. Uh, so that was good, just uh, to be with that um, kind of personality. What's up, and just what's up, Carrie? I would go with. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, maybe he doesn't want to be referred like he's not Prince. What's up, Mister Carrie? <laughs> uh, and then Greg uh, Sipes from uh, Teen Titans, and well, he's on Ultimate Spider-Man. So there's a the connection. He plays Iron Fist, and Ben Tanny plays uh, okay. Kevin. Uh, yeah, he he came in. He's you know part of a rock band. He's got sort of this furry Sorry, costume on, in our, in our real, real uh, rock band style. Um, you know, with the chest cool. open. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just fun to to be with him. He's definitely a character. And then Carrie or uh, Kari Payton popped up and crashed my interview, and it was just uh, good times. You know, uh, cool. C. Thomas Howell, who was an amazing Spider-Man, he was like the father. She interviewed him as well. And Soul Man, don't forget Soul Man. You, you have to talk about Tara Strong and what happened there, because that's like, Stella has had this whole trilogy of cons where, like, you know, <laughs> between her and Tara Strong, it's this it's this ongoing storyline. Tara Strong has a connection to Spider-Man 2, doesn't she? She's Mary, She's Jane. Mary Jane. She's Mary Jane. Mary Jane, that's right. Okay, go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, my first year, she was at the uh, Cartoon Voices panel, and she signs my back row doll, and Josh is basically talking for me because... I'm so awestruck that I can't can't even talk to her. Uh, year two, um, well, I'm, I think it was after a Star Wars, some sort of panel. I was waiting for something else, DC Nation, I think, panel. And I went to the bathroom right before, and I was in line, and she passed right before my eyes. And I was without a camera. So it's all, I was just, the universe was against me. And then finally, you know, I get this last-minute update that there are going to be these press junkets on Sunday. Oh, you, you forgot your phone call from her. Oh, yes. Josh met her up, met up with her in a My Pretty Pony uh, little place. I, I, it was like a booth, wasn't it, Josh? Brony. It, it, it was one of the merchandising places, yeah. And uh, she gave me a call, and I was like, yes, hello. Hi, this is Batgirl. And so it was just one thing <laughs> after another, just nothing. Cool. And then all of a sudden, you know, I found out she was going to be here, and I'm sort of freaking out quietly to myself. I told her right before the interview that this was like a dream come true, and she said, is it? And I specifically wore a, a, a Batgirl shirt that Don got me, uh, Burritos Please, because that particular character, Super Best Friends Forever, this short that they have on uh, Cartoon Network during the mornings on Saturday. She plays Batgirl again, and so I wore it specifically for her, and she commented on it. And So anyways, it was just a, a great experience to be able to interview her, and then afterwards I asked her to sign my T-shirt, which she did, and uh, it, was, nice. it was just, yeah, an amazing experience. Very cool. Well, uh, bef- before we go to the message board questions, anything else you guys want to hit up? Is this Stan um, Lee story? Oh, let me hear the Stanley oh, story. No, 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 no. What? Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 <laughs> It's well, Stan freaking Lee. I got to hear it. Don, there was a story before all of that, so go ahead, Josh. Yeah, well, uh, hit, hit me. I got another uh, press invitation for Stanley's POW Entertainment, uh, which is his YouTube channel in World of Heroes. And they said right. that Stan would not be doing, like, you know, full one-on-one roundtables, but that, like, you know, if you confirmed, you you might be able to get some time with him while he's in there. So I confirmed us, and we talked to um, some of the various YouTube channels. And there was a show called Hardwired, which is, like, this tech girl. And there was a few people that came by with some interesting stuff. But then when the How It Should Have Ended people came, that was, like, we all perked 
hyped up, like, oh, how it should have met, like, the whole table. Um, like well, the, the YouTube guys, the how it should end. Yeah, and I got a video so of them. It'll it'll be up on the website too. Where like um, I asked the guy to do the Batman thing, and he turns to the camera because I'm Batman. And this whole time, Dom was like, "Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go to this thing that I don't want to do. I gotta go." And I'm like, "Don, you're gonna miss Stanley." He's like, "No, I can't. I gotta go. I can't abandon Stella. She'll hate me forever. I gotta go." I'm like, "It's Stanley, man. Stanley before Stella. No, I gotta go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry." Stella and uh, I, I, we didn't act. It, that's not actually how the dialogue went, but it's it's almost. Yes, it is. So and and, <laughs> and Stanley's in the corner, like you know, doing his like little one-on-one interviews with like that the bigger him. press. Yeah, the, and uh, and they're talking about how they're looking for like new people for POW and like new YouTube channels. And I turn to Eddie, I'm like, Eddie, you got collectors with you? And he like he he like opens his bag, like, and it's in there. I'm like, that a boy. So yeah, afterward, the thing is, Josh gets this look in his eye, and he, he <laughs> like his panel look when something big is about to go down. Because like something topic came up about some of the YouTube channels associated with power looking for like new properties to make into animated, you know, shorts or whatever. And right away, Josh like his head whips to me, and his eyes get really big. And he's like. He does get like that. He is very, very scary when that happens. That's funny. <laughs> so um, they they had to rush Stanley out as the thing was ending. So um, he he it looked like he met with a little Make a Wish kid. I'm not sure because there was a kid in a wheelchair there that Stan spent about 15 seconds with. So I'm like, okay. So I said to I, I, Wow, that was the wish. Well, well, <laughs> good lord. <laughs> I, I don't know the full context of the story. You poor child, you get fifteen seconds with the man. <laughs> so I so I, I, I turn the Eddie and Stanley's walking with his entourage and I'm like and I'm like, All right, let's go. We're gonna try and do this. And um I'm trying to uh, we, when we got close enough because we were hesitant like are we going to do so or we not so at a point when we were right behind them we said hey Stan can you do a picture and Weasley assistant number four it was Weasley oh, no. assistant number seven who said no to Neil Patrick Harris I think that there's people who are just hired to like you know say no the picture said no we can't so without asking Eddie I I stick my hand in his bag I grab a copy of Collectors and I hand- oh I thought you put your hand in Stan's bag and I'm like oh. no. It- <laughs> And, and I hand it to like because, and I hand it to we, to one of the Weasley assistants, and I say, "This is a gift." He, you know, we're not asking him to sign because usually people are trying to give Stan stuff to sign. So I didn't want them to like, you know, throw us out. I said, "This is a gift for Stan. He doesn't have to sign it. It's a gift." And uh, Weasley assistant Funny took it. I'm waving the book. It's a gift. It's a gift. Oh. <laughs> and Admiral Akbar and cosplay goes. It's a trap. <laughs> no. They, 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 they took it, so Stanley is now um, a recipient of Collector's Number One. You were able to get him to bless the birth of my child. You can't even give him a book this year. Security is tight, actually. It, it, you have you, you have Eddie the thing for that though, because Eddie was my in for that. So thank you, Eddie. By the we way. have <laughs> so we haven't spoken with Don. Um, you know, last he heard, it's like you're going to miss Stanley. You're going to hate yourself. You're going to miss Stan. Don. What are you running off to? What 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 was Stella and you doing? We got we got a lot of like at the last, I was I spent like the first forty eight hours at Comic Con whining because we, we, <laughs> we had a lot of like last minute uh, Batman Universe interviews and panels to cover, and so I was I was basically like 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 Stella was Lois Lane. I was Jimmy Olsen, basically kind of you know. Film, filming her, do interviews and stuff, and I, I had to like, yeah. help her, you know, just take care of some stuff. And like, this is all going down. I'm, I'm with Josh and Eddie for a, a, like 20 minutes, and say, I gotta go. And the entire time, 
Josh is like enticing me like the devil on my shoulder saying, no, she can, she can take care of it. She can take care of it. Little did I know that like, when I get to show, she says, oh, I didn't need you. But that was, that was besides the fact that like, I, I had to like, I, I, I thought that like, uh, we had to uh, interview, I think guys for Scribble Knots or something like that. And, um, that's where I was when all this was going down. So cool. Annie and I are at lunch because I, I, I lost my phone charger, so I had to buy a new one. So we went to the mall to get one. And then and I decided, we said, hey, let's have some fun with Don because he doesn't know what happened with Stan Lee. And now I'm going to read to you the text messages that Eddie and I sent Don. <laughs> I, I sent him Stan Lee. I'll bleep some stuff. Stanley gave me an extra charger, I say. Don sends back in big letters. No way. And then I send back, dude, he recognized Eddie. He let us leave with the room with him. We hung out for twenty minutes or so. Oh, so that's so he ranted mean. about that Marvel. Uh, he ranted about that Marvel Untold book. Then Don sends back arg 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 arg. Then I <laughs> then I say you haven't even heard the cherry on top yet. He put Eddie and I on his guest list for some event tonight. And then he says I oh. he says I flippin loathe you. Um, <laughs> and and re- re- replace flipping with a with a stronger word. And then he says. Darn it. Replace darn it with another word. Can I come? And then I said, I don't think so. His Weasley assistant was very adamant about no guests. Eddie can't even bring Kristen. And then he says, I hate every single thing. And I said, you should have. And I said, you should have heard his bleep impression. Um, when I say bleep, it's an impression of a certain Spider-Man writer. I got it on video. You'll pee your pants. And he said, stop telling me awesome things I walked out on. And then I said, I warned you. It happened when I held up the crawlspace sign. He said, bleep won't shut up about the crawlspace. Then he did his bleep impression. He asked me to delete the video and I pretended to. Then he, <laughs> then he said, good man. Despite your attempts to ruin me, this milestone panel is honestly awesome. And then I said, he didn't realize Eddie, his former intern, was the same... With each text, I'm escalating the story just to see how far I can take it. I'm like, he didn't realize Eddie, his former intern, was the same Eddie from Collectors. Eddie nearly fainted. You read Collectors, he says. He has the Amazing Spider-Man number one nightmare strip hung up on his office. And then Don sends back best con ever. And Eddie and I are looking at each other. Does he know that we conned him or does he mean best Comic-Con? So I'm like, (laughs) best Comic-Con? Yeah, most death. Then an hour later, Don sends back, where are you guys at now? And I'm like, Stan's room at the Hilton. Joan Lee is wearing a very obvious wig. And he says, are you serious? And I said, let me send you a pic. And then Eddie and I took a picture of ourselves sticking our tongues out at him and send it to him. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Don, how are you going to get even? Uh, oh, they'll know in time. All right. Yeah. Let's, hit, let's hit up message board questions, gang. We've got uh, several people asking questions to you guys. Uh, lockdown, Mr. Ryan Reed from Illinois has one uh, aimed at me. What piece of news has you the most excited about for Spider-Man or Marvel in general? There hasn't been any news lockdown. I haven't been listening to the show. Well, uh, I, I mean, at least in the movies, there, there was that uh, uh, thing where what? Andrew Garfield appeared as Spider-Man in character. That was kind of cool. That that was very cool. I did I did I think that was very cool of Garfield to do. Sadly, the only <laughs> news that I was like, whoa, that's different. Superman and Batman. That was that was not anything Spider-Man related, but that is the biggest news that came out of it. I was shocked about. Oh yeah, looking forward to that. Donovan, I've been wanting to go to San Diego for years. Almost did back in '02. What would you say is the best way to go about the Comic Con if I ever finally make it there? I honestly think that because I actually was I for, when I was in high school, I wanted to go, and I made half-hearted attempts to go. I honestly think that like a really the fullest experience that you can get, aside from probably you know working in the industry, is to kind of do what we do and be kind of be intrepid reporters and doing work for a website or a podcast. Because I think if you're going as a fan, it's one thing, 
But like, um, I think you get a full experience by you know actually meeting creators and meeting celebrities and getting productive work done, and it becomes a labor of love rather than you know one of the like one of the millions of fans. You, you, you get, it feels like you're very productive. You're, you're doing a bit more in terms of you know the fan community and the creative side. So I say I would say if you're doing some, any sort of reporting that that lets you into more than like the average. Uh, fan goer would go to that would, that would be that's that, that's like the best way to get the fullest experience out of it here here's an offer to mr mr ryan reed because you post so much on the front page if you, uh contact bertoni we can get you with the spider-man crawlspace press pass yeah and i'll say that? that getting a press pass or any other type of professional yep. pass which you don't pay anything for at least i don't is the best way to get a pass because if you're one of the schmucks that go online and fight to buy a pass forget yep. it how, how, what's the 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 litany you got to go through, Bertoni? Because you 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 have the crawl space per, press pass. Well, is, do, do they allow a couple people? I mean, you've had Zach on, and and several other people it, have used the crawl space pa- press pass. It, I think it varies from year to year because, um, yeah. like, certain yeah. websites, depending on your size, they'll let you do a certain amount of people. Because we had a few people trying to get him with crawl space the first year, and I think John Wilson was one of them, and he ultimately um, had to. Uh, not I say surrender his pass, but like there was a certain amount of passes allotted to that website for a certain amount of people, and John uh, gave it up for seniority. Um, that's the way I remember it happening. And but on the other hand, Batman Universe, like they let Dustin take in a lot of people. At least they did in the previous years. Again, it changes. Um, if you've already sent in your credentials, like sometimes you're grandfathered. Like this year, I didn't have to send anything in. I was grandfathered. Uh, but usually you, we have to present, like, articles and stuff, and then there's a waiting game, and then, it, in fact, Stella Stella had a hard time, I think, the first year. Like, we, we were, like, scared up until the very end for Stella. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, Bertoni, how do you feel about Dan Slott being the teleconference guy for the last three years for conventions? He seems to stay away from the public in the last couple of years, and that was before Superior. Why do you think that is? We kind of hit that up. I, I, I think we hit just it Just to up. reiterate. Yeah, I mean, just to reiterate, it's it's a location thing. It's a schedule thing. But I do think that I I prefer slot in person, the slot telecommuting. I think that he would bring a lot of life into the panel. I think he would bring a lot of legitimacy to the panel. And I think it would, like, increase the enjoyment by at least 300%. Stella, we miss you on the podcast. Thank you. But I try to follow yours as much as I can when I have a little free time. What was the biggest movie panel highlight for you? Um, being spoiled by Jerry Conway that Gwen Stacy was killed. <laughs> 30-year-old spoiler. Uh, Wait, Eddie. What? She's dead? <laughs> She's dead, Jim. 50% of this show <laughs> does not know Gwen Stacy dies. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Eddie, uh, I've been a Chris Pratt fan for years. How do you feel about him being Star-Lord for Guardians of the Galaxy? Also, how do you feel about them changing Captain America's costume for the Super Soldier costume when they've gone to a great deal to put it in his Avengers movie costume in the comics? Well, two things. One, I never... uh, I always wait until the movie comes out because regardless of who they say is cast for a particular role, you never know how they're going to pull it off until you see the movie. And it's really, I get really tired of people saying, oh, no, I don't like that guy, he's wrong, or oh, they shouldn't be doing this, they shouldn't be doing that. No, wait, calm down, everybody, wait until the movie comes out, then judge whether or not they pull it off. 
there was a lot of that with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. The only time that they've cast somebody in a comic book character role that I thought, oh, my God, that is perfect. That is the perfect cast was, was Robert Downey Jr. Everyone yeah, else, sure. it's always, you know what, wait and see, see what they do. Uh, the second thing is, I don't even know who that is. Who he is? I've never seen a single thing of me neither. Zach me neither, dude. Done. Anyone watch Parks and Recreation? No, no. no. Okay, he, he he he's the guy on that who's hilarious. It's just funny that the the question was directed to me because I have no idea who that actor is. Uh, as, I don't either. As far as uh, them changing Cap's costume, I think it's just like a natural progression. So I don't think it's a big deal. Um, it's just, yep. I think it's just like a small little detail of the storyline that I think that they're using, you know, the fact that, uh, around that time he, he had that costume. And I think it fits. I have no problem with it. And I think it looks cool. Cool. JVL 1031. Stella, I want to say that you have been sorely missed around here. Thank you. That's two in a row. That's two in a row. They miss you. Three in a row. I miss you. Anyway, we, we all miss you. Anyway, it's great to have you back. She's here right you. now, Brad. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> even if it's just for one podcast. Now, my question, what panels did you attend that weren't Spider-Man comics related, and what did you think of them? Um, <laughs> I was probably only at like one or two Spider-Man, so basically everything else. I didn't get the chance to see a lot of uh, stuff because I really was attempting to be Lois Lane. My parents said that I did her proud. Uh, we'll see what Dustin has to say. I uh, I went to a robot. You already did him proud. He sent that text to us in the cab, yeah. remember? Yeah. Oh, what was that? Um, my uh, let's see here. Robotech. <laughs> Robotech was the first one. That was interesting. Yeah. Uh, went to the X Men panel. Went to. I always like Quick Draw with um, Scott Shaw and Sergio Aragones, and this year Neil Adams popped in there and Cartoon Voices. Ooh, that, was that with the uh, Mark Evanier? Yeah. Yep. Oh, and they yeah. like to switch I, things oh, up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and this year I got to do the business of Cartoon Voices, you know, in case I wanted a career. And, in, uh, I would yeah. love to be a voice actor. That would be so much I fun. Think the, yeah. X, the X-Men panel, is that the one for First Class and, and the upcoming Days of Future Past mm, panel? No, not the movie panel, but the okay. comic panel. So, talking about, um, what is it, Something of the Atom? Oh, Children, of, uh, Children of the Atom. Children, right? And Nightcrawler's coming back, and and also with amazing X Men. Yeah, yeah somebody's so. got to have an amazing title. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Patriot from the Philippines. To all, did you guys get any wacky hijinks? Did uh, we? <laughs> does well, he know you, this, this, this whole show's been wacky. The Air Force <laughs> commentary uh, was, was crazy. Cap the, died. Uh, walrus suit. Yeah. Bud. We haven't talked about cosplayers. What's some of the weird cosplayers you've seen? Ooh, I, I, I liked a lot of the cosplayers. I'm not sure if there was any weird ones. I mean, there was, I didn't see a lot of gender flip cosplay. I saw like a male Jubilee. I saw a white Miles Morales. I saw um, Trail. <laughs> I don't care. Um, I saw. Gosh, one one slipped my mind. Um, there was a woman with a Spider-Man dress. That was kind of cool. Lots of steampunk. Any of you guys consider cosplaying? Yes. Ooh, I was going to bring this up. I thought of this because someone asked me this at work. They said, hey, man, you got the physique for a costume. Why don't you do cosplay next year? And I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, that's just too much work, too much of a headache. But the question – <laughs> <my wife. laughs> 
uh, the, here's a question for uh, you guys. What would it take to get you guys to cosplay at the con? And if you did, who would you dress up as? It's a very good question. Eddie, who would you be? <sighs> Captain Collector. Oh, there awesome. you go. Awesome. <laughs> I, will just, Don? I will just say the words, I have a headache. Betty Brandt. No. Rita Repulsa. Rita Repulsa. No. Yes. I want to cosplay as Rita Repulsa. Because you're insane. Who's, who's that? She was the, uh, the, the, the the shouty villain from the Power Rangers show and then back in the early 90s. Oh, okay. Um, I have no clue. There was a time like before I got my hair cut to be, be more like Will Smith where like it was nappy enough that like whenever I got out of the shower, it did hang down kind of fr- uh, frilly <laughs> where I could, I could legitimately uh, cosplay a static. There was you said you you said you wanted to be Robbie Robertson one year. Oh, that was last year. Yeah, I could have dyed, dyed my hair and brought in like a vet. Yeah. Uh, there was one time, honestly, like I had grown out my sideburns, like those like kind of mullet uh, or those uh, those uh, chops or whatever, and like I was like just walking around white beard. I said, you know what, I could probably pull off Wolverine if I kind of like flip my hair back. <laughs> have fun. Stella, who would you like to cosplay as? Spoiler. What? Stephanie <laughs> 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 Brown. Feel free. <laughs> I can take a spoiler. Go ahead. What is it? Tell <laughs> her. It's what? The character spoiler. No, you can t- you can tell me what it is. Go ahead. Oh <laughs> Who's on first? Stephanie Brown before she was back. So spoiler. is the mutant power a spoiler just to go around spoil storylines? What's this? Who's this character spoiler? Are you not listening to me? <laughs> you can read DC. Is going to be a bit of an issue. I read Batman. That's about it. She's a Batman character. Spoilers, a Batman character? Yeah, Stephanie Brown. Red, Stephanie Brown. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. I Stephanie thought you is. were doing a bit. I really did. Stephanie Brown is a spoiler. I thought she was a Batgirl. She was spoiler you... before she was Batgirl. Were you not oh. doing a bit, Brad? I kind of, I was a little bit, but I really have no clue what the hell we're talking about. Anyway. This is going to be on Hornisex. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Batman doesn't kill either. Uh, would you say one out of ten people are in cosplay? I mean, what's the... What's oh, the I would thing? say... One out of ten, you fool. I would say... Wow. <laughs> you fool. Out one out of three? I mean, what? This year felt kind of light for cosplay. It seemed like they were less than they were the years before. Wednesday there was barely any. We're like, as Thursday we were we were hit hard. There was some, there was some really good. There's there's always a prolification of you know Deadpool's and zombies. And what's the absolute most pathetic suit you ever saw at the show? Uh, just like nobody putting effort. It was like, are you serious? Well, pathetic in the most awesome way was there's a uh, '70s disco Boba Fett guy that. Was there? <laughs> there was that guy in the Daredevil jersey last year. That was kind of weak. Um, did, did he just have like a, a bell bottom leisure pants? suit, full on leisure suit, and, and a bo- bo- fat helmet? Oh, that's kind of funny. That's Some funny. people like when they, when they go as Wolverine, they just wear a white beater and jeans, and they you know, they, and they have the fake claws. I'm like, eh, I don't like about, I saw like five a day like that, and there was one guy who was actually. Uh, What's well, a fairly easy costume? I would think. There was one guy who was Wolverine who was as long as you have a smoking hot body. Which, hey, that always helps. Well, half the time, these guys don't. <laughs> we saw a list online, and it was, like, most common things that you see at Comic-Con, and it said, like, a steampunk version of something that shouldn't be steampunk, yeah. and we saw a lot of that. Play players and... Webbed Century from uh, England, Bertoni, during the Superior panel, one of the panelists referred to Smythe as the Spider Slayer. Did that bother you? <laughs> yes, but um, I decided to let it go. Because, because I was a guest at their panel, 
You know, there I you I go. can't be petty. There you go. Eddie, do you frequently draw inspiration for your webcomic from the happenings at Comic-Cons? Anything interesting to draw inspiration from this year? Oh, yes and yes. Um, yeah, if, I'm sure plenty of people have already noticed that both this year and last, right around comic time, there's a bunch of strips going up that are Comic-Con-centric. And uh, I'm as I love how, I love how you put the characters in front of the regular pictures. I think that's very cool. Yeah, part of it is I think it's just uh, just something new and creative. The other part is laziness because it's a tight week and I don't want to have to draw everything. Um, <laughs> but uh, as we speak, I'm actually working on this Sundays, which is very much inspired by uh, the hell that my wife faced in line at Hall H. Oh, so tune in. seven hours with no pay. I'm gonna say by the oh. way, just. Oh, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but I would like to say that like Kristen is so much goofier in real life than she is in the in the, in the strip. She's like, oh, this, like, gee, you think? She's like, this, this, <laughs> she's like this, this, this fun-loving. She always has a smile on her face, except for when she doesn't get her way. But like, she's really, really like like goofy and and, and funny. And like, I mean, when you contrast it to like the uh, the animated Kristen, it's, it's it's really interesting to see. Well, that's you know, fun. that's uh, that's why we get along so well because we're both just goofy and dorky and just like to have fun and laugh and that's the one thing that my family always says about Kristen she's always smiling she's always laughing oh my god she's got such a great laugh <laughs> most of the times though she's laughing at me so I uh after that seven hour wait in line I wouldn't be laughing no, too much she wasn't laughing oh no she she was not she said she was going to break my nose for some reason I forget why because <laughs> the walking we'll we walked past the walking dead people oh man Oh, yeah. No, uh, you guys, I don't know where you guys were, but you were uh, somewhere where I guess you saw some of the cast of Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Looks at me and goes, you were all there. I guess it was you and Stella. But no, she singled out Don. If Don sends a picture to you, I'm going to punch him in the nose. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see Stella seeing all the Spider Man related stuff at the con and being around Bertoni and Don ever make make you consider coming back to the podcast? Um. I mean, hello, landmine. Um, <laughs> see, my mom just said this is like, you're really putting me on the spot here. Uh, you know, I miss it, to be honest. I mean, I, I got to see Kevin. I really miss uh, talking to Kevin, you know, on on a, I don't know, monthly basis or whatever. And I, and I miss uh, the chemistry that the whole cast had. Um, and, of course, Josh and Don are two of my best friends, so... Uh, yeah, it's tough, and and I I certainly have thought about it. Um, but I mean, the, the crawl space has <laughs> it's it's moved on in a new direction, and there are new people, and and it's created a new cast, a new chemistry, and and like I said, this isn't Spider Man for me anymore. So if it gets back to to its roots, you know, perhaps I'll uh, consider it. But um, yeah, I think you know Stella's time may may be gone. Hello, landmine. That's why I miss you right there. That was great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, or do you simply have a, a San Diego mode where you just focus on that and not get it caught up with the Spider-Man stuff because you have your own San Diego desires that are Batgirl, didn't know if Batgirl is hyphenated and others. Well, like that. Yeah, uh, this this one was particularly uh, nerve-wracking for me, um, and I'll talk about this in my own San Diego Comic-Con wrap-up, but uh, I actually really grew on a personal level uh, with this, and, and I became like this uh, a stronger person, just because normally I, I sit back and I let other people uh, do the interactions with people I don't know, but there were just some issues with um, 
interviews and things like that that I really had to sort of step up. And unfortunately, you know, it also places you in a really awkward position because you really shouldn't be this, like, domineering personality when you have friends around with you. Um, And I guess, yeah, the whole – the quote of the weekend is certainly – are you going to pick that up? What does that mean? Well, Josh is a messy eater. Josh was being messy, and he dropped some muffin stuff, and I see it on the ground, and I'm like, are you going to pick that up? Uh, I guess it was in sort of some teacher tone. But um, just you know, I, each night basically ended with Don. Are you going to... Passed out on his bed whilst Stella's like, Don, we have to talk to, you know, the key grip for this movie. (laughs) Come up with five questions and Don's snoring. Yeah. (laughs) No, it was, uh, there were a lot of things on my mind that um, I I, I don't think I really got too wrapped up in in Spider-Man stuff. It was more like, this is what I get done. Got to get done today and and not to, because who my greatest fear, I, I don't like quitting. And I don't like letting people down, so I just got to get through it and, and get what I need to get, and at a good, high quality level. Cool. Uh, Big Al location is Edgeware, and we kind of already hit up your first question. Uh, the other one for Stella: What was your favorite cosplayer that you saw? Um, that's hard because last year I really liked the Iron Fist. Um, there, there was an Iron Fist holding a crawlspace sign. He he looked really I good. I didn't catch that one. There was a non-cosplay Thor that I ran into, and Don asked if I could take a picture with him. He's like, really? And he was all shocked and surprised. Um, oh, that's so maybe I could always say oh, that. Oh, three of us? Yeah. The X-Men First Class um, that you may have seen on Facebook was great, uh, just with all of them. And oh, then there was yeah. one, like, random thing that happened. I was just walking around, do 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 and there was an Andrea and uh, a Glenn just, like, chatting amongst themselves. And then up walks, and he didn't know them, up walks a governor cosplayer, and he goes, well, look what That's we have right. here. And it was just, like, this random interaction. And then the group sort of uh, did some, some shots together. When you talk about the story about someone that looks like Thor, it made me remind it reminded me of the uh, Adventures in Babysitting movie. Have you seen that movie? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, the little girl wears the Thor, Thor helmet, and and they fix the car, and he looks just like Thor. And then he went went the star on uh, Law and Order. Okay. Of course, Don. Don, you got this, didn't you? You got the reference. Uh, well, who was in Law and Order? Oh Lord! I'm sorry. Does it? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Way to bring the podcast to a screeching halt, Brad. Why? Thank you, Eddie. And your comic strip is now off the front page. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You've you don't... No, has anybody seen Adventures in Babysitting? I've heard of it. He's yelling, yes, me, me, me. Okay, good, 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 good. And the guy, uh, Vincent. Is there Bell... a in that movie? Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes, he played Thor, mm-hmm. or the mechanic that looked like Thor. Mm-hmm. And uh, the little girl uh, gives him the helmet that she wears of Thor. So, anyway. Alas, you need to see it. That's a really good Marvel reference. When I saw it when I was a kid, I'm like, that's awesome. Uh, Steve J. Rogers from New York City. Eddie, how many times did you and Kristen get recognized or asked if you two are really that much like the illustrated counterparts? I could barely leave the hotel room. I was so mobbed. My goodness. No, actually, I got recognized about maybe three or four times, which is kind of cool. Last year, I got recognized awesome. once uh, unsolicited. This time, a few more. So at this rate, I will be a superstar by the age of 80. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did they say when they came up to you? How, well, they say? Uh, a few people 
knew me because they had maybe seen me elsewhere, like say at the shop I work at, whatever. So they knew me, so they recognized me right away and came up and like a couple of them actually bought a copy off of me. But one guy who I had never met, um, but knew me, he's a fan of the, the Facebook collector's page, uh, saw me and recognized me right away. I was coming down an escalator outside of the exhibition hall and I just suddenly hear someone yell, Eddie! <laughs> and I didn't know who That's awesome. the guy knew me and he says, I'm so-and-so. I, I, and I recognize his name because I, I see, I seen his name, you know, commenting on, on Facebook. And, uh, that was cool. And, and he says, I want to buy a copy of your book. You got any? And yeah, there you go. So, so that was cool. That's neat. That's really cool. Uh, Brad, how are plans coming along for your trip to San Diego for 2014? Yeah, Brad. Hello. Hello, Landmine. You're back. <laughs> Getting excited after hearing about the activity a year earlier. I I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it or not. The, the uh, daycare is expensive. A new car is expensive. A mortgage is expensive. Um, I'd love to go. I, I get jealous every time I see all these pictures of my friends hanging out. And, and we got Stella. we got Kevin. We've got Bertoni. We've got Don. I'd like to meet Eddie and his wife. I think that would just be so much fun. And, and at this point, all I can get there is Photoshop my ass in. Uh, <laughs> which, exactly. I haven't done it this year. But no, I would love to. Um, you can cosplay as the Kingpin. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you could cosplay as Spoiler, whoever the hell that is. <laughs> no, he'll be fine. No, I, I will go there one day. I don't know if it'll be as soon as next year, but I definitely want to go. Start preparing because it's it's. We have like a private like Facebook group which is devoted just to like the planning, and it's you really. You mean I'm not even in on that? <laughs> well, you're not going. I mean, if if you go, we'll we'll add you to the effing group, Brad. <laughs> it's, that's, that's hilarious. That'll like kind of spark his uh, drive to get there. Yeah, yeah, if you want to be in our exclusive group, you know, we, oh, we, I mean, my sister's in it. She didn't go, but I mean, you know, you can't be in it. <laughs> oh, now I feel, now I feel real great. I'm actually being serious. My sister's in the group. <laughs> by, by getting a press pass, it saves some money to get in, doesn't it? It saves some money, but like booking hotels is a nightmare, and like that takes a lot of planning. You gotta... I'm, not, I'm not cuddling with Don. I'm not cuddling with you. <laughs> Are we all sharing a room? What are we doing? It it depends. It varies year to year. Um, this is the first year I think where like the only two people because Don and I uh, shared a bed last year, and I shared a bed with John Wilson the year before, and then Don shared with Zach. This is the first year where nobody shared a bed. Um, yeah, there was enough beds for it. We stayed at a bed and breakfast that was really nice. Oh, the granola. Uh, Stella, do you still have some of that? Did you finish? It? Uh, no, that was uh, eaten. <laughs> On the plane ride back, basically. Oh, God, wasn't it good? Yes. <laughs> the granola. I tried it. All right, Stella's last question. Are you still getting high? No, wait a minute. Are you still getting that? <laughs> I'm so Landmine! Are you still getting that con high? Yes, Stella, are you or pulling? is the fact that you are working the con and you've been there so often now lessen the luster a bit? I don't think uh, San Diego will ever be... Um, less shiny than, you know, than it is each year. And I think if it does ever lose that luster, then perhaps it's time to bow out and, and not go back because I think your heart has sort of changed towards it. Um, 
I am not necessarily high still from the con, uh, if only because my mind is like on uh, more like direct things. Like I got to get over the tough mutter slash survive because people die, um, that kind of thing. So uh, I, I don't know what a tough mutter is. A tough is. mutter is a 10 to 13 mile race with uh, about 20 yeah. to 25 obstacles developed by British Special Forces, including things like a giant tank with ice water. Uh, they got to jump in and go under a thing. There's some barbed wire, lots of mud, obviously. You're um, doing this voluntarily? Yeah, you got to pay to do it. Some Oof. electricity gets some electric Good shock, but Lord. people have drowned. So I'm a little nervous about those uh, water off. Is this a vacation for you? Uh, I mean, no, not really. No, a vacation. <laughs> no, a vacation does not include me going to the gym nine times a week. So, um, yeah. So that's that's the only reason why I think if I had nothing on the horizon, then well, actually, I probably wouldn't be high. I would just be really, really depressed because that's usually what happens. <laughs> Well, because there's just, like, sensory overload. I mean, you're with, like, these awesome people for mm-hmm. five days, and you're doing these awesome things. And for me, you know, kind of stressed out, like, getting to places early, you know, talking to people, things like that. And then you come home and basically back to whatever your normal life is, and it's just, like, this void, sort of. So it's really actually hard on the heart as well. So yeah. just prepare yourself there uh, not to fall into melancholy. Yeah. I'm, I'm going put... through Josh, Don, and Stella withdrawal right now. <laughs> <laughs> they have a patch. Uh... <laughs> it's called Air Bud. Oh. What, what is this Air Bud? Are you talking about the, <laughs> oh, the dog movies? Josh us to watch Air Bud. Not just the movie, but he forced us to watch the movie with the commentary. Which is you're, actors you're, pretending to be the dogs talking. <laughs> okay. You're a master. Okay. We're Tony, you're a master. That's well, awful. This is, it's, uh, Don, Stella, and I have this tradition where, like, we will, we will watch, like, a ridiculously, you know, like, bad movie or TV show or something. And, yeah. and at one point we were going through the Airbud series, you know, on Skype. You know, <laughs> kind of like, you know, movie dates that people do in long-distance relationships. We get on Skype and we go through movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I never did that with Zach. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it, yeah, that's surviving. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, so there's a verse. The Airbud franchise eventually got ridiculous to the point where, like, the movie's not even about Airbud anymore. It's about his puppies who talk and have personalities, and it's yeah, it's awesome. like. It's like the seven dwarfs. Um, like, there's one that always talks about food. There's one that always talks about Bling and his posse. There's one that's like, you know, a spoiled little pampered girl. There's one that's like into mud as if it was a fetish. There's, uh, there's a Buddha dog. He's like, um, what? He need? Oh, I swear, he needs inner. So they did. A- they did a special edition of the first Airbud movie where, for the commentary track, instead of the director and the actor or anyone who made the movie, it's those dogs talking in character like, oh no, that guy's really mean, but boy, doesn't pizza taste good? He needs to have <laughs> inner peace. And we That's watched, long. and the funny <laughs> thing was, watching it with um, Don and Stella in one room, and Eddie and Kristen, they're off in a room on the side, and Eddie keeps on poking his head in, during yeah. like really ridiculous lines. Like what? What? What is this? What? I can turn away. That's weird. 
Here's a question. Uh, what's what's a price commitment? How much does it cost to get out there? What, I would say a plane like, ride. Okay, like, like depends on what, what should you what should you put in the bank. It depends on how far you live away. Because I think a, I think a straight flight to and from San Diego, whereas Stella and Josh take like several layover flights, and also it depends mm-hmm. on like like the flights and hotel and food money are basically your main things. So I would say uh, like anywhere between a thousand to twelve hundred dollars, and plus you know maybe maybe another three to five hundred on spending money. Uh, that's one thing. That, that's oh, go ahead. Bertoni, what how much do you think of the average cost is? Three to five hundred on spending money is if you're is if you're spending a lot of money. I'm I'm a frugal miser while I'm there. Uh just because like eating out almost every day costs a lot of money. But right. I, I spent about four hundred on my plane tickets this year because I got them early. Usually I spend about five hundred. Um the hotel this year was a four hundred, which that was a that that's actually pretty good because usually it's more expensive or something. And then you know just they, uh, remember that you have to eat out every day, and that's if you're not buying stuff on the con floor. So I'd say I easily spent a thousand bucks, probably a little more. But if you space it out, like I bought my plane tickets in um, like January, and I paid for the hotel last week. So I will say that like in terms of uh, the question of a uh, con high. Um, I think that like like the I, I want to say that the lustrous the the the, the bloom has fallen off the rose in terms of the con, but there are certain uh, perspectives, especially when you get back. I don't know if people experience this from get, going through a convention, but when you get home, back to your dull, boring life, there's always uh, a sense of like, well, now I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's usually coming back from a vacation, but uh, like uh, <laughs> like the moment I had to get back home, I, I had to find a job, so like it. Uh, it is one of those things where you know, like when you're done with it, it's almost like, well, now what? But that's always the that's always the the uh, great thing about planning for next year, because you know, San Diego Comic Con takes so much planning that you have to plan earlier and earlier as the as time goes on. Final final thoughts, gang. Let's wrap it up. Um, I, I, I we didn't really mention this a lot, but I, I do want to say thanks to Kevin for driving several hours to meet us because we had a really nice time with him the very first night. We did. Uh, he told us so much crap about you, Brad. I'll never forget. It was awesome. Ah, <laughs> oh, that cushion. <laughs> but it, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, I never know exactly if, like for sure if I'm going to do it again. But I always plan on doing it again. I'll try to do it cool. next year. For Tony, final thoughts? Yeah, I'll close my thoughts with uh, basically answering Stella's question and uh, you know riffing on what Don just said about the con each year, which is it does not lose its. Um, it's magic. It's still the same. I mean, there is a sense of routine, but I feel like every year I learn more, you know, more about how to handle things, more about the schedule. So every year we're more savvy, and it's I still get excited. Dom will t- Dom was the first person who I saw after Marvel Studios, and I grabbed him and like you and screamed I- Bertoni. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's not what I screamed. <laughs> That's the edited version. <laughs> That's the edited version of what I screamed. <laughs> there was another syllable in there between Burr and Tony, and it was a different word. But, yeah, it's because I was feeling all down. I didn't make it to How I Met Your Mother. I'm no longer front row Burr Tony, but then Marvel Studios happened. So, But it's still exciting. It's still special. There's still, like, when we see that convention center, you know, when we're getting there for it, we're like, oh, my God, this is it. This is it. So that has not stopped happening. Stella, final thoughts. Um, it's an overwhelming experience. Each year is different, um, but it's what you make of it. So you really can't be passive. I feel like in this in this world, in this uh, when you go, because I think playing the passive part. Um, I mean, it's fun to a certain extent, but you really got to get in there. 
And, uh, well, I, I, yeah, I hope Kevin, this is a shout out to Kevin to come the full time. So that yeah. would be good. That would be awesome. Eddie, final thoughts? Final thoughts. A uh, few. Uh, read collectors every week. Um, always a pleasure seeing these guys every year this time in con. And uh, walrus suit. Walrus suit. Spoiler. <laughs> Thank you guys. It's a fun show. Mm-hmm. That, that'll be our cosplay next year, Eddie Walrus suit. Oh yes, it's all coming walrus suit. 